Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a doink, bro. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Hey, Blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan. And here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to episode 12 of season 11. This is episode number 388 all-time of the often-imitated, never-duplicated Don't Hate Us Because We're Beautiful. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thank you for uh, thank you to rockinthatidealife.com, strikewithmike.com, and centereyesbrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please, please check them out. Also, do, uh, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for the very best in blues-themed t-shirts at a fair price. It is a Wednesday, December 14th, and we're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. To interact with the show on social media, our handle is on the socials is at LGB Radio. Just do a search for us, you'll find us. Uh, and if you haven't already done so, please like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, buy a t-shirt from our shop, you know, run a 5K, do whatever you got to do to support the show. I'm Kurt. Run a 5K, Run a 5K, say. I don't know. <laughs> Half That's marathon? interesting. Half marathon, 5K? Yeah, why a fu- not? A fun run? You know, whatever you want to do. Do you just, uh, you know, here's an idea. Maybe for the next 5K I run, I'll just have like a, like I'll, I'll get like these poles put on my shoulders and I'll have like a TV over my head and I'll just have our latest show just going. And that way all the runners can like be like, oh my God, that's such a great show. I'm glad he did this. Yeah. You're going to have this like a, like a screen. You're talking about the video? Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, people behind not? you can watch it. So everyone, everyone stays behind carry you. Like an old, like an old school boom box and just have the, okay. the audio playing. All right. You could do a streaming video of the show uh, on a monitor above your head, have it facing behind you. Everyone there would want to watch the show, and then you'd win. They'd run behind I, you. That is the way to go. Or the or everybody will just be running away to get away from it, and I'll finish last. <laughs> so we'll right. see. We'll, <laughs> let's test this. Actually, realistically, come on, let's be honest. You, you'd probably, you know, it'd get too heavy. The TV would fall. The monitor would fall. Break. You know, you couldn't finish the race. It'd fall on your foot. You'd be a mess. No, I would just, I would still finish because that's, <laughs> that's how I am. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> the 
let's see. Uh, I'm Kurt Price. My co-host for the big show tonight is Jeff Ponder. Bill Day is on assignment. The agenda for tonight includes discussion about Jordan Bennington's 100th career win. The Blues take three or four points versus Colorado and Nashville. The uh, smaller-than-anticipated salary cap increase next season uh, could cause issues for the Blues. And we'll talk about a proposed NHL three-game play-in series for the playoffs. And all that and more on this episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Jeff, you're looking quite dashing in your uh, Christmas jacket. This is one of my favorite items of apparel that I own. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I wore it, I remember, for one episode last year. And I don't know if I told the story, but uh, if I did, you're going to hear it again. Um <laughs> Literally went into Target on Black Friday, uh, a couple. I think it was two or three years ago now. So it had to be had to be three years ago because obviously 2020 there was none of that. And so yeah, 2019. I, I walk in, I see this, and it's a whole set. It's the jacket. There's a tie with it. There's pants, and I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But I'm like, no, you don't need to waste your money on it. I sat and thought about it. This stupid thing. For like four days. And then finally the following Monday, I was just sitting, thinking about it while I was working from home. And I was like, this is ridiculous. You are going to keep thinking about it till you go buy it. So I had to go up on my lunch break and <laughs> just go to Target just to buy this. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. Here we are three years later, and I'm still wearing it every year. Still fits. Uh, what's on it? Uh, you got uh, Santa Claus uh, skiing Santa? Is that what it is? Ski goggles? Yeah, ski it's goggles? like a skiing Santa. It's got little Christmas trees, little snowballs, and yeah, it's Santa with the, the skier shades Very on. Very festive. Bright red. Yeah. Yes. Bright red. Figure I wear a green shirt with it. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. I love it. And no hat. I expected a hat. Just uh, to... I, I got one right here. I almost put it on. Should I put a hat on? To complete the ensemble. All right, it's fine. You, whatever. I mean, here she is, right here. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to put the hat on. All right, for the for the YouTubers, for the viewers of the show on YouTube. Oh, you like Kevin? Okay, I was going to say you're <laughs> got to manage the balls. Hard to, yeah. I, of course, the I tail. had to do this like you know, not on a commercial break. Sure. Okay, here that's, we go. That's much better. Yeah. Oh, god, yeah. All right, that's much better. Ready to roll. You should wear that on Friday. Uh, maybe. What? Well, what's going on on Friday? Kirk? Friday. How about that segue, huh? The uh, Friday, this Friday at Cardinals Nation. Um, there's a Christmas party that's going on, uh, being uh, put on by uh, DJ Joe, uh, starting at 6 p.m. on the first floor of Cardinals Nation. They're almost sold out. Um, if you can't get a table, uh, there will be available seating at both bars. Um. This is going to be an actual holiday party that promises to be a lot of fun. It's more of a, it's kind of a thank you to the patrons of Cardinals Nation and the and the, uh, and the Cardinals themselves uh, for everything that the, go, goes on during the uh, St. Louis Cardinals season, uh, Cardinals Nation, because DJ Joe, DJ Joe does a great job um, for the uh, pregame, the official pregame party of the St. Louis Cardinals over there at Cardinals Nation before every home game. Uh, there's going to be prizes and giveaways. Uh, non-stop all night long uh, with some great prizes like uh, autograph memorabilia and merchandise from uh, their liquor and beer sponsors and stuff like that. O- opening day tickets uh, will be available so uh, for the Cardinals. So everyone uh, everyone who attends will have a chance to win. Um, and it's the you don't have to um, this, these the, not tickets. You, you just make a reservation. Uh, it's just free to get in. So um, 
Great discounts on food and drinks. Uh, and there's three-hour validated parking as well at uh, Ballpark Village there. So um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, DJ Joe promises, and this is his quote, <laughs> this will be insanely fun, lively, and packed with 250 cards and blues fans. Uh, he's going to put on an extreme show. Extreme? Extreme show. A show, a show of shows, he calls it. Oh, boy. It's going to be the show of shows. Um, that should be fun. Yeah, I, it's so it's not for those of you interested in coming. It's not a live Let's Go Blues Radio like it was last time, um, but we're going to be a part of it. We're involved. Um, we're friends now. I guess you can say we're we're friends of the show. Friends with of the show. Nation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'm uh, I'm I'm very happy. This will be a lot of fun on Friday. Looking forward to it. I I don't know if you can tell, Kurt, but I kind of like the holidays. Hmm. Um, I kind of enjoy the parties. I like all of it. So it uh, should be a really good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you can reserve a table. There's like literally one or two tables left. So if you want a table, uh, you can call Cardinals Nation at 314-345-9880. Or you can use Open Table, the app Open Table, if you're familiar. Um, or just show up and grab a spot at one of the two bars. So there's, there should be spaces yep. there, and and you can just come in and mingle around. You know, grab a drink and mingle. You don't need a table, and you can hang out at the bar, or whatever. So it should be a lot of fun. As, as far as I know, if you've ever attended one of Joe's shows before, like the pregame parties for the Cardinals games, it's it's fairly like I don't want to say is unstructured the right word, Kurt? Like it's. It's not like it's Loosely like at structured. 15, we're doing this. Loosely structured. It's not like that. It's typically like we're going to have people up and play games here and there. We'll chat here and there. And like, it's just a good time. It's just a good, fun time to kick back and and enjoy a beer. And, and like uh, Kurt said, this will be Friday nights. So the Blues will be on at 8 o'clock. So you can sit and watch the game with us. Like, it, it's going to be a really good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. And uh, I think I... Um... Joe's going to be walking around mingling. We'll do trivia. I, I, hear, I hear there's going to be some trivia. The Blues game will be on at 8 o'clock there. So um, you Blues fans, uh, which like, you know, our audience is, um, show up, hang out uh, 6 o'clock, 6 to 8, party, and then uh, the Blues game will be on there. So you can, we can all watch the game together. So that would be kind of cool too. So uh, fun will be had by all. The show of shows. Extreme show of shows. The extreme show of shows. Lots of giveaways. Lots of fun. Joe is a funny guy. He does a good job. Um, the most deadpan funny guy I know. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. He, he pulls uh, it off quite well. No, it's funny because I remember, and and I think I've even told him this, the first time that I went up to one of his pregame parties, and I had never even met him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what to expect with one of those parties. I walk up, and I, I'm like, I'm with my wife, and we're standing there, like, getting ready to, like, have our ticket checked. And I hear Joe over the microphone, and I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds like it's going to be the most boring party ever. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, as I walk up and start listening to what he's actually saying, I'm like, okay, this guy, this guy's got potential. And by the end of the show, I was severely disappointed. He's the worst. No, I I say that as a joke. He's fantastic. We have a lot of fun with Joe. Um, His show is so much fun. So I'm, again... Very much looking forward to Friday. Always a good time with Joe. And again, uh, you can call Cardinals Nation for, to reserve a table, 314-345-9880, or use the Open Table app, or 
if it's you know if there are no tables available or you don't want a table just show up grab a spot at one of the two bars grab a drink walk around mingle have fun answer some trivia win some prizes or just be there to win prizes play a game and win a prize um and it all add this too um if if you're there and you are there because you're like oh i heard about this let's go blues radio please come up and say hi to us um We've literally had situations where people afterward, I think you've had the same thing, Kurt. Mm-hmm. After seeing us out, they're like, they'll send us a tweet. Hey, I saw you, but I didn't want to say anything. Please come up and say hi. We <laughs> we want to meet our audience. So it'd be, you know, we, we put this show out. We see the numbers, but we don't actually get to meet the people. So if you're out there and you, you see us out there, please stop by the table we're at. Say Hi. If you're cool enough, we'll buy you a drink even. <laughs> Those gonna, are some high standards, though. I'm going to leave my wallet at home just so I don't have to participate in that, that little... Oh, so I'm buying your drinks all night. You you did say you're the one that volunteered that information on the air, so yeah. No. Uh, well, I mean, I like I said, you, you got to meet my high standards. <clears throat> okay. Well, see, now you're going to upset people that don't get a beer bought for them. Oh, I didn't meet his high, high standards. I guess I'm not cool enough. No, I I can't promise I will buy everyone a drink. But <laughs> when the beer is flowing and it's the holidays, I am known to do that and then regret it later. <laughs> First floor, Cardinals Nation, Ballpark Village, Friday, 6 p.m. Be there. Um, let's see. Official beers of episode number 388. You can uh, follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is at CPRICE12. Jeff's is jponder94. Bill's is billybluenote33. Uh, Jeff, what do you have this evening, sir? There's a lot going on in the chat right now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, Jeff, you buying me a beer from Austin Lynch. No, son, you are too young. That ain't happening. <laughs> uh, and Ken Morris asks, hey, where's Bill? Uh, so Bill is actually... Uh, he's actually covering uh, Alex Ovechkin in Chicago. He's traveling um, with Ovechkin, yeah. Yeah, he's following Ovechkin around until he passes Howe, so that's why uh, <laughs> it's gonna he's be a not while. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's got one goal until he passes Howe. Oh, Howe. I was, I was thinking Gretzky. I was like, yeah, he's going to yeah. be on the road about two and a half seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You won't see Bill for a while. Yeah. <laughs> No, he'll uh, he'll be done as soon as Howell get he passes Howell. But anyway, no, he's he is out sick, unfortunately. Yeah, he's not. He's okay, but yep. not feeling well. Um. Anyway, uh, so my beer of the episode was one that I just found uh, over the weekend, the Smooth Collider, uh, from Boulevard uh, Brewing Company. <laughs> it is a smoothie sour with uh, strawberry, banana, and vanilla flavors. Um. See if it's got a description here. It does not, but I can tell you it is very good. Um, basically, half the week for lunch, I make myself strawberry and banana smoothies because, like, I just love them. So when I saw this, I'm like, I don't like sour beers, but holy cow, I bet that's fantastic, and it is. It yeah, is very good. I'm not a. I'm not. What, what are the flavors again? I'm not a sour beer fan either, but strawberry, banana, and vanilla. That sounds good. And it's good. literally a smoothie blend. Okay. The only the only sour I ever really liked was one Center Ice Brewery had. And uh, I was shocked. It was delicious. I forgot what it was what even. What was the name of that one? It was good. It I remember like, you told it, me it. Yeah. And I went and got it, and I liked it too. It tasted like a sweet tart. Yeah, I can't remember what that was called. 
Like drinking a sweet tart. Uh, my beer this evening oh, is, yeah. I went with the, uh, this is a fat Elvis uh, kind of night for me from uh, Four Hands, the Absence of Light, Peanut Butter, Chocolate, and Banana Milk Stout. So we each, we each have banana in our beers this evening. Mm-hmm. So to, to, and I had a banana before we went on the show. To piss off all the people over 60 that uh, don't understand the the uh, goofy beers. <laughs> yeah. You hear that, Susan? They've got bananas in their beers on this show. Weirdos. Joe Bray's videos says I'm drinking eggnog tonight. Um, That's good. Fun fact, Joe Bray. Uh, I don't know if you were making your own eggnog. Did we talk about this last week? Did I make eggnog every year for my family get together? I think we talked about this last year. We might have. Um, yeah, this is the same show from 2021. <laughs> so <right>. we apologize, <laughs> everyone. Um, but no, I uh, I add brandy when I make it. Uh, Who's brandy? Brandy rather than rum. Oh. And I I think it makes a huge difference. I uh, make it from scratch, and it's oh, I love it. It's okay. one of the best things. It's probably the best thing I make all year. Well, that you know that makes sense. I mean, brandy instead of rum. I I uh, I enjoy a good uh, brandy Alexander on uh, Christmas. Those oh, so good. Yep, and I enjoy salsa uh, brandy every time I make it. <laughs> Make the eggnog. Oh. I have to sit there and sing the song the whole time. I'm sure that's not annoying. No, I'm sure. <laughs> Just ask my wife. Yeah, not for anybody. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess we'll get into the uh, Colorado and Nashville games that the Blues partook in a couple days ago um, after this word from ID Life. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do, I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of rockinthatidlife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feeling of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Uh, okay, so the Blues got uh, three of four points in their games versus Colorado and Nashville. On Sunday and Monday, uh, 3-2 to two loss versus the Avalanche on Sunday. Colorado had eight players out due to injury in this game. Uh, almost half the roster. It makes you, uh, you know, go, going into this game, you thought, okay, all right. Well, Colorado has, uh, you know, a team that we despise, right? Um, not, you know, without a good chunk of the lineup. Half the team is an AHL team. Uh, liked our chance. I thought the Blues played okay. They played a fine. They played fine, I guess, but... You know, um, <laughs> Bennington got the start uh, in this game uh, versus Francois uh, uh, for the Avalanche. Francois, Francois, Francois. How do you say it? France. I I believe it's Francois. Francois. That's that's how I. What did I say? Francois. 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 I think that's how you originally said. it. Okay. You said both okay. like three times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Francois is what you said originally. Um, at least I didn't say Francois. 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 That's fun to say. 
Uh, Krug returns to, to, to the lineup after missing the last couple games with an upper body injury. Jim Thomas uh, had tweeted out that there were scouts from 13 NHL teams on hand during this game at Enterprise Center, which to him seemed like a lot for this time of year. And it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't normally see, like, you'll you'll always get NHL scouts at games. Now, uh, Kurt, again, I know I mentioned this for the first time in the season last week. I used to be in the media. Again, I, and, keep, I keep forgetting that. Thank you. For yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, so I, uh, but I remember all the time, like seeing like, why is a Dallas stars, uh, scout here? Why is there a Montreal Canadian scout here? A lot of it's just there in the area and they're told to basically like, basically they have kind of a quota of like, well, you got to see this many NHL games. You got to see this team this many times. And so a lot of that is that, but yeah, that many at one afternoon game on a Sunday, um, Part of it, now I think this wasn't discussed much, but part of what I saw was maybe that they weren't just there for St. Louis because this was a very decimated avalanche team, Mm -hmm. as you just talked about. A lot of young guns playing, Mm -hmm. and you know with with how the Blues have gone over the years with with moving their high-priced contracts and just with seeing other teams have to do this thing – Eventually, the Avalanche are going to have to start getting out of some of under these contracts, and they're going to have to move some kids with them. And you got to wonder, or maybe there were some scouts there checking out these kids, or even for this season. You know, trade deadline coming up. If Colorado wants to improve themselves to acquire somebody, they might have to, you know, give up a prospect or two and a pick mm-hmm. you know, get somebody. So, um, and and also. With the Blues, you know the Blues are uh, down in the standings, uh, to be kind, um, and struggling. And uh, if they don't turn things around dramatically, uh, they may sell a couple pieces. So um, maybe they're for that too. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Um, and it honestly could be. Well, in an if this were in a vacuum, you could easily say. Well, maybe this was just one of those weird, it was a Sunday afternoon, you know, guys figured this is the best time to go catch a Blues game that I have to go see. But the next game, uh, Monday night, wasn't it, uh, wasn't there 11 scouts there? I didn't catch the number. Yeah, I I believe it was 11 at the uh, Predators game. Same, it was a tweet from Thomas again. And so I think that's a trend. It is mostly St. Louis, but... And you know what, though? I mean, again, Nashville's not playing well either. So, I don't know. It could be a number of things, but it does seem like the, the common denominator is checking out Blues home games. Uh, Rantanen scored all three of the goals for Colorado in their 3-2 to two win versus the Blues. Uh, the game was scoreless in the second period midway through when uh, Krug pinched on this play, got caught behind the goal. Didn't just pinch. He pinched all the way, as far as you can pinch mm-hmm. as a defenseman. Um, and Colorado quickly uh, pushed the puck up the boards and up the ice. And Levo um, at center, who probably should have been covering for um, uh, Krug uh, and playing D with uh, Falk, um, got caught flat-footed. And uh, it was two-on-one against Falk. And uh, Rantanen snipes a wrister by Bennington from just outside the faceoff dot. Uh, the near face off dot under his glove over his pad inside the near post one nothing Colorado um, tough goal for any goalie to stop he basically has a lane to the goal and to pick a spot 
Uh, Bennington looked set, had, had the angle right, and how he plays. If you know, if you if you're familiar with how Bennington plays specifically with his glove and how he positions his glove, he had his glove in the right spot. But I mean, Ranton nailed that that small area under his glove over his pad, um, and just you, you just can't react in time to uh, to glove that down. I saw somebody, it wasn't one of us, uh, get some flack on Twitter for basically saying that this was a beautiful, gorgeous shot from Rantanen, shows the type of sniper he is, but apparently the same tweeter, might have even been on Facebook, I can't remember, but uh, whoever it was, the poster, apparently was critical of Bennington like we were of the Jason Robertson goal from a couple weeks ago. And basically the person was called out and said, hey, If you're going to say that about the uh, Robertson goal, why not say it about the Randon goal? Completely different placed goal shots. Com- completely different. Yeah. And also, I think Bennington had a great position on this goal. I did I did too. I thought I Re- thought the Robertson goal, he was he I thought he was just slightly off his angle. Oh, he gave him way which too is much going stick. To give a yeah. guy like Robertson all the all the all that he needs to put the puck by him. And yeah, in this one, <clears throat> Randon just picked a spot. I thought that was just a great shot by him. Like we cut, we talked about. It. There's, there's an angle uh, of uh, the camera behind Robertson uh, on his goal against Bennington. Right wing comes in, and it, it Bennington is off his angle. He gives him way too much goal to shoot at stick side, um, and Robertson mm-hmm. nailed it. And this one, I thought, like you said, Bennington was fine positionally. I mean, you you can't cover 100 percent of the goal, and. Yeah, it'd have been great if you could have made the save. It'd been a great save, but I mean, he hit a he hit a spot. You tip your cap, you know. Um, I don't. I didn't think his glove was high or low. I didn't think he was. He was, you know, uh, uh, mechanically wrong there. Just he just hit it. And if you notice, uh, Bennington didn't even move. He just it was he hit that spot right below his glove and right above mm-hmm. his pad. It's just there's a little tiny spot there, and he hit it. And just that's the way it is. Um, and in the the uh, well. <laughs> The uh, I lost my spot here. Um, right now, nice. oh, yeah, okay. So and Tarasenko in the third period ties the game uh, at eight oh one mark of the third period on the power play, real early in the power play, on a beautiful. I mean, I, there are few people in the NHL that can make this shot. Beautiful yeah. one time angle shot in tight down by the almost on the red line and red line uh, up and over the shoulder of Francis. Beautifully placed shot. Um, I beautiful, Francois. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's what I'm laughing at. I this might be a joke here that I'm highlighting. Uh, I I don't know because I've had people tweeting me because I said something about how my God, his name is Jordan Bennington, not Bennington. Stop typing Bennington, and someone just jumped in the chat and says Bennington is there, sucks. Is a so. pre, Preval Prevalor? Prevalet? Prevalor. Prevalois. Prevalois. Is, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with that name. Is that a new listener? It might be a new live listener. So you never um, know. No, on this, on this Tarasenko goal. Bennington socks. Yeah. It, so so, uh, so they're, either, they're either being sarcastic or they're an Avalanche fan. <laughs> probably. That that's, is, that is that's all you get from Colorado fans yep. is Bennington socks. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> but anyway. So this goal, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, it's funny because whenever you see a goal, uh, whenever whenever I see a goal from the red line like this, typically you look at it and you say, "Okay, what the hell, goalie? Like, how do you not make that save?" But 
I mean, we've seen Tarasenko do this before. Like, I don't know how he puts it there oh, from that angle. Like, it's amazing. mathematically, like, trying to figure out the geometry of it. I don't know how he does it. It's And it's just, like you said, just so beautifully plays. It's not just like, oh, he shot it high and it's under the bar. He put it right where he had to because Francois was Francois, Francois, Francois <laughs> was, <laughs> was having a great game. And uh, just, you know, he, he was making all the stops he needed to. And But this is one that you look at and you're like, yeah, it's from the red goal line, but I don't know how he makes that save. That was beautiful. Uh, and then on the penalty kill, uh, so, so late in the third period, Saad channels his inner Alexander Steen and shocks the world as he scores a shorthand and a goal with a minute 36 to go. Uh, in the game to put the Blues up 2-1. to one. Makar had played the puck back from center into his own zone, and his defensive partner stumbled and uh, couldn't recover in time. Saad comes flying in, uh, out positions uh, the defenseman, and uh, gets the puck, flies in, and shoots back against the grain and scores. And 2-1, to one, you think a minute 36 to go, you're thinking, Phew! yes, game over. And then the, uh, Colorado, of course, is still in the power play, but... Still, you're you're, th- you're thinking, okay, this is good. All right, we got this. So on this goal, Makar, I felt like there was a little bit of a uh, controller disconnected on Makar. <laughs> so he makes that. I thought it was a bad pass to begin with. Like it was too soft. I feel like he didn't put enough pepper on it. And yep. then, like you said, that his D partner, whoever it was, uh, slipped, couldn't get there, and Saad takes advantage. But after that, I thought. And listen, I know Makar probably, you know, obviously playing with Saad before in Colorado knows knows Saad's ability to get some speed on the puck. But you watch the play, Makar makes no attempt to back check. Nope. He just kind of glides back, and ex- I guess he just expects his D partner to get it. And it's like, <laughs> man, you got to, like, you got to hustle. Like, you can – I'm not saying he would have caught Saad. There's no way. But there's a chance you, you mm. get in there and maybe you tie up a stick before, right before the shot comes in. You know, I, like, I just feel like there was no effort from Makar to try and make the play, which is unlike him. We don't see that from him. So, yeah, very I, odd. But but a good play by Saad to get to the puck, get a shot on goal, go against the grain. And um, Jeremy Rutherford, in front of the show, tweeted out, uh, I think it was yesterday, that since Brandon Saad has been playing more on the penalty kill, they've killed off what nine in a row. I was well, they've killed seven in a row, but seven in a row. <clears throat> I, I was just just going to bring that up about Saad and the penalty kill. And it, look, now, granted, you you know it's it's a situation where you know it worked out this time, shorthanded wise. But yeah, well, they're they're just seven for seven in the penalty kill. Um, last two games and uh Saad is now playing on the PK. Thomas is off the PK. Um good in that span. Um and Barbashev is um on the PK again. So there's the and, and uh, Walker's off. So there's there's been some changes um to the PK that way and it's worked. So and again against against a uh Colorado team that's decimated and against a Nashville team that's struggling. Uh, but still, you know, you, beggars can't be choosers at this point. So is Brandon Saad coaching the PK now? <laughs> did, we, did we solve that? Uh, well, from what they, from what was talked about today, um, it seems like Van Ryan is is on the PK. 
because uh, he uh, Jr. was talking on one on one today about that and about how uh, Van Ryan was the one commenting about some of the changes they made on the PK. So I don't think uh, it was mentioned a, a little bit ago that Ott was the guy. Somebody chimed in and said that Ott was the guy running the PK, but I think it's Van Ryan that's running the PK now. Hmm. So which is interesting well, because yeah because he, um, his defensive core has not been good at all this season. So no. No, I'm not impressed with Van Ryan as a defensive coach either. So uh, that's odd to hear, but it's working. So let's I mean, keep rolling with it. Keep small, him on the peak if if it's true. Small sample size, but I mean. Right. Yes. I mean, but so, hey, it was pretty much a guaranteed goal before this streak. Oh, yeah. Every You're, time the Leafs took a penalty. One or two goals a game they were giving up, yep. it seemed like. Like, literally, it was, and I think I said it last week, that if the Blues get a penalty, if I'm Baruby, I'm just saying, just put a goal on the board because, you know, that way at least we got two minutes to try and tie it back. And, know, like, good Lord, they were that bad. In the dying seconds of this game with Colorado's goalie pulled, uh, Blues defending, uh, Barbashev loses his helmet <clears throat> and uh, in, in the defensive zone. And he had, and there's got to be, what, 12, 13 seconds left, something like that. He loses his helmet. Um, bolts to the bench, and O'Reilly jumps on for him. So he's got the option here to try and pick the helmet up and put it back on within a reasonable amount of time, I think the rule says, which is pretty – I mean, you drop it, you're supposed to pick it up right away. But uh, – and I thought this at the time, and they talked about it after the game. You don't go to the bench. You don't go to pick it up if you're Barbara Shove, the helmet. You play like you've got it on. And if and after a few seconds, they'll probably call you for a penalty. So what? So there's like there's got to be like less than 10 seconds to go. Who cares? You know, you, you you don't leave your zone to go right. to the bench, and you're, you're shorthanded already. And so that I think probably probably his uh, instinct just took over. My dog pulling my yeah. He's cable. been I've been seeing him back there the whole time. Go 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 do something. <laughs> <laughs> it's storming here, and he's like why he's like pacing back and forth. <laughs> oh my gosh, go lay down. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, he, so his instinct is, Oh, I got to either pick it up, go to the bench. So he bolts to the bench as fast as he can. I'm like, Oh dude, you know, yeah. because you, you play and you get the penalty. Who cares? You know, 10 seconds face off. You win the face off, dump it. It's, game's over. doesn't matter. Um, that's so where did you hear them talk about this? That was in the, let's see who asked him about it. I think, uh, Oh, somebody said on the radio, is the pang talks to him? Pang was talking okay. to him, or and then somebody mentioned it and repeated the story on the radio um, about how they had a conversation with him about how he, you know, what he could have done. Did they? Did he think about you know just playing? Okay, I didn't. I didn't hear this. Yeah. So because and and so I'll say, basically coming from an, another perspective, that's exactly what I thought. Um, like I said, I, I didn't have any of this. I didn't hear any of this conversation. And it's ten p.m. Do you know where your children are? Right on the dot. There we go. Work. Um, and and I yeah. was not talking again. <laughs> no, it, and that's going to continue. <laughs> um, no, I uh, I thought the same thing. I'm like, man, I am I am making them give me a penalty, and at the very least, the helmet wasn't that far from him. Like the very least. Try to reach down and grab it and put it on. You don't have to have the chimp yeah. strap on. I, I'm thinking. Like, I'm thinking. No, either way, there, that takes a few seconds. 
with your with your gloves on, your stick. But I'm everything. saying that's the better that's the better decision than trying to go to the bench with 12 seconds left. Maybe I don't like, know. I, at I wouldn't you're do either. Still in the play, like at the very least, maybe the puck hits you. Yeah. When you skate to the bench, you're out of the play. I think both. I think yeah, I agree with you. That's the lesser of the two. Uh, but I, I would. I think both are a bad play. I just think you keep playing. There's so little time yep. left. Don't you, yep. you just yeah. So and I even say maybe even if there's more time left, still I think I still take that chance because if they're pressuring like that with the goalie pulled, yeah, man, like you got to do something. You can't just skate to the bench. And I, I get that it's the rule. And I'll and to give Barbashev some credit, I mean it's a bang bang thing. Your helmet comes off, and you know. You're just thinking, like, I just got to make sure that I do what's best for the team here. And he just thought, I don't want to take a penalty. Maybe he didn't realize how much time was left. But still, like, man, you got to be a little bit more aware. When that happened, you got to think, hopefully, maybe his teammates are yelling at him, like, stay, 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 stay. You know, like, it was just, that was, like I said, the wrong decision. The the worst decision to make in that play is skate to the bench. Yep. Because you just you're taking your team out of it, and O'Reilly gets back into the play with seven seconds to go. You know, right when the goal was scored, he gets back into the play. It's already too late. Yep. Um, and, and and O'Reilly's like, "Thanks for the minus, asshole." Yeah. Well, it's, it, they're <laughs> they're killing a penalty, so or oh, was the power play? The power play was over, wasn't it? No, yeah, power play was power over. play was over. Uh, but they were still the goalie was pulled. So is that a minus? That's a minus, right? right? The goalie's pulled. That's a minus. Okay. Yeah, it's still minus. Yeah, um, so you know, O'Reilly's like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> so. <laughs> This goal was scored. Makar has the puck on the far boards and just throws, whips it towards the goal. Um, you know, there's like there's eight, nine seconds to go when he does this. Ten seconds to go. And um, th- this is essentially their last chance, their last shot at scoring, right? Seven seconds. Throws it at the goal. Hits. So Pareko has Comfer tied up near post, right? And it hits off Comfer's stomach or gut and then kind of bounds behind Bennington. And then you see the puck kind of go off Comfort and then bomb it. And then you see Bennington slide back into the goal. And you see everybody push into the goal, right? And you're thinking, oh, fuck. And, and then it goes in. And my first thought is, did Bennington knock it in because he's sliding back into the goal? But no, you see that Rantanen, uh, Pareko, did not have Rantanen tied up at the far post. Um, to, and at that point, you, you haul his ass to the ice. You know, you grab oh, onto yeah. him, yank him down, take a penalty. Who the fuck cares? Oh, you, you know, give him a suplex. You, I don't yeah, care. Grab onto his stick. Break it in half. Nobody cares. You know, um, yeah, as soon as the puck's shot towards the goal, if I'm Pareko, I'm grabbing the guy. I'm grabbing a random stick with my hand. and <laughs> It's not going anywhere. Yep. Because um, yep. so a little time. Even if you get a penalty, again, you get a penalty, it's a face-off, then they got to win it and work it back around again and, and put it on that. Chances are, you know, the it's just a better play. But Ranton scores, and it goes into uh, overtime. And then uh, Rantanen gets position on Pareko um, going to the net. Oh, not just position, all the position. All the he gets it, he get all the position. He he you know, he's in between Pareko and Bennington when the shot's taken. And actually, luckily for Rantanen, the Bennington makes a save, and the save goes the rebound goes off of his skate, and then Karam's conveniently right towards his blade, and he just pops it in. Um, and this whole time, Pareko's like draped over Rantanen's back. It's like, dude, Which- you know. That does nothing. No. That does nothing no. to an NHL player. If you're in a men's league, okay, what you'll do is you're putting your weight on him. He'll fall down because none of us can skate. But Miko Rantanen is not a men's league player. So 
to to just drape your body over his like a cowl on Batman. That is nothing. That does nothing. You got to tie up the stick. You got to tie up the hands. Like you said on the goal before, take a penalty. Slash his stick in half. Get him in the hands. Make sure that puck is not able to be touched by him. Like, oh, just awful. It's absolutely awful defending by Pareko to do. Literally, I mean, he might as well have not even been standing there. He might as well have been at the blue line for that goal. I mean, he didn't make a difference in it. Um, and people were giving Preco flack on the game tying goal with seven seconds to go. I thought he played that well. I thought he had Comfort tied up nicely on that play. Um, I don't know why. I thought that was more Mikola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikola doesn't. He didn't have uh, Ranton tied up at all. Um, and so, and I think that play is more just people seeing Preco next to the goal and the puck going in. And Preco has become a whipping boy now for a lot of fans, and they're just on him. And I'm like, no, come on, that's that wasn't him at all. He did his job on that play. But again, on this yeah, overtime goal, overtime was his fault. Overtime goal, he just, <laughs> he just, he just. I mean, it just got outworked uh, in front of the goal, and that's been a problem. Uh, not tying up, I've harped on them for weeks about not tying up sticks around. They're getting beat around the goal. Um, backdoor plays, not tying up sticks. Uh, guys getting position on the defenseman, and uh, Preko being as big as he is, not being able to outwork guys is embarrassing. He should be able to push guys around. Um, well, in in again, I. To, to to defend him in his non-physical play, not even just push guys around. You should be able to have the body position because you've got a big, lanky body, and you should be able to just out-muscle guys and just that's say, like, that's my puck, not yours. I'm going to get that puck. You're going to stand there and look at me like, well, shit, there's nothing that I could have done there. Like, but it's not like that at all. Guys get the body position on him constantly. He doesn't get his big, tall stick in passing lanes. He doesn't tie up sticks at all. Defensively, I hate to say it, he's kind of worthless defensively. I mean, positionally, every now and then, he's fine. But, man, he does not stop across the crease passes. He doesn't play rebounds well. Like, oh, man, he can carry the puck like anyone's business. Uh, he hasn't and, done and that, he though. he can get shots. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. But he can get shots. His shot's been better, I think. But, man, in terms of playing defensive hockey, yeah, I just don't think he has it. I don't know how you can call him a number one. He's, well, he's, I mean, I, I just, I don't want to be that fan. I don't want to be the fan that says, who needs to play play tougher? Um, but I've said it before. I'm like, what he's doing is falling short of expectations for him. So he he needs to start doing something differently, or he's just going to stay on these train tracks as far as getting ripped on by fans and and being uh, the the problem on too many of his goals. So I I, I love Pareko. I, I I want him so much to be more of a force back there. And and he doesn't have to be physical. He just—I mean—if you're not going to be physical, you have to be positionally sound. And it just seems like he's getting beat positionally, uh, and mm-hmm. his stick's not in the passing lane like it should be, uh, as much as it should be. I—I I, I mean, and there's a lot of blame to go around the season for a lot of players, but um, yeah, he's one of those guys that has the skill set to put a team on his back and control the play when he's out there, and he just doesn't. So I, I just it just it's disappointing to see 
that he plays softer than what he's capable of. Yeah, agree. Um, Blues outshot Colorado in this game, 32-31. Blues for one for four on the power play. The Blues actually held Colorado goalless on the power play. It was uh, They went 0 for 3 on the power play Colorado did. So uh, I thought the Blues overall, aside from the a couple of uh, uh, non-tying up players around the goal, and the tying goal and the overtime goal, I thought the Blues played a decent game. Um, I don't... You know, they, they, they generated more chances than they, they have. I thought they played a decent defensive game. They just didn't box out around the net a couple times in key moments. Uh, the Blues PK was good, which was nice to see. Um, I thought uh, Francois played well. Uh, but, you know, as well as he played, I don't think the Blues challenged him enough. I don't think he, he played well, but he didn't have to be amazing to win this game. You know, he didn't make – I don't think he made any highlight reel saves in this game that I can recall. No, so no, I can't either. You know, and I, I just, as, as you know, 32 shots and, um, yeah, he made some nice saves. I'm not going to take anything away from him. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And I think, um, was it, uh, I'm, I'm getting my games mixed up with, uh, Colorado and Nashville. Was it Colorado where Thomas had that break on right wing came in, tried to beat him high and it got him on the shoulder. Can't remember if that was Soros or, uh, or Francois. Uh, I believe I believe that was Francois. Okay. That was a good that was that was a good save. Good yeah. positional save. Um but and I thought honestly like you know you talk about the Blues needing points right now obviously. I mean they always need points but right now like get yourself out of the fucking basement and start getting points. I'll say with them with this basically being an AHL team outside of the one guy that scored all three of their goals uh the the Avalanche this was a game they did need to win, but coming out of a loss against Winnipeg, um, I thought this was a fine game for the Blues. I said this before. I think this team more or less, and I feel like they have done this a little bit with the way they've played, trying to still play that high-tempo game that they played last year. I think they just need to get back to basics, lift the puck out to center, try and catch guys on a break, um, you know, and then, you know, obviously you get power plays, capitalize there. Um, Tarasenko, by the way, his first power play goal of the season. First power play goal of the season. That's crazy. Um, But either way, like, I thought they did a good job in this game of, like, actually trying to control tempo and, again, like, getting back to some basic hockey and against a decimated Avalanche team, you did have to do it that way. They still got a point. Um, it's a game they had a lead late, so it's unfortunate to see them lose that way. Because basically, what, the two Rantanen goals, the second and third, that was, uh, what, 40 seconds of, of hockey, like 40 hockey seconds between the goals, whatever it was. Um, so that's that's disheartening. But to see them get a point here, um, so basically you got one one out of – four points going into another divisional game with Nashville. You got to be a little happy with that and say, okay, maybe this is where they start to turn the corner. Yeah. And people will say, well, you know, Colorado was an HL team in that game. And so the blues not winning, uh, that just, that just sucks. And I don't, I don't even care that Colorado had a, had eight players out. I don't care. Do not care. I'm just, you know, as, as a blues fan at this point with the way they played this season, do not care who's out for the other team. Um, if they win, that's great. I'm not going to, you know, or if they get a point, that's okay. You know, I, they could have done better. They should have done. I mean, you, you're seven seconds to go. You're seven, eight seconds away from winning. 
you know, you 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 need to win that game. Sorry, it just yeah. and, and like you said, there's multiple points in that play that the Blues made mistakes. Right. Barbashev and Mikola. Mm-hmm. Yep, Barbashev, Mikola, and uh, yeah, I, I, that's it. It's tough because the Blues playoff season ended last year on a last second goal from Colorado too. So, oh, on a bad goal by Huso. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Ooh, I remember even at the time just. I, I think I even tweeted, bye, Huso. Nice seeing you in a Blues jersey. <laughs> I knew that was the death nail for him. Yeah. Um. All right. So, next night, Monday, uh, the Blues needed this game. Um, Nashville sat one point ahead of the Blues uh, in the standings. Uh, so, a re- regulation win would see the Blues uh, leapfrog over Nashville. A lot of people tell you that this uh, that a scoreless game, you know, going in overtime is a boring game. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand that There was that a whatsoever. lot of people saying that this was like watching paint dry and I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, and you know what though? I will say this. I love defensive hockey. I will take a one, nothing game over an eight, seven game anytime. As long as the defense and the goaltending is playing well, mm-hmm. I think those are just as exciting as goals. When the goalie makes a miraculous stretch across the crease save, that to me is just as exciting as a goal. You're, so I have no problem with what the final score is. A good, a great goaltending duel with a bunch of great saves on on each end. That's that's edge of your seat stuff. You know, in a big game. Oh yeah, that's. I've said this before. Why one of the most exciting games I have ever been to, and I'm gonna. I don't know the exact date. I'll say '97. Um, it was Toronto Maple Leafs St. Louis Blues zero zero final. Uh, and Curtis Joseph, Grant Fior, goaltending duel. I think both teams had like over 30 shots, and they were just both phenomenal. And it was like, and, and that was at the point clearly when we didn't have shootouts or anything, but it was like both these guys deserve a shutout. Like they have played so well, and it's been such good high-octane hockey. Like I don't care there wasn't a goal. This was so much fun to watch. Uh, Toropchenko was recalled for uh, after a five-game conditioning assignment in Springfield uh, after being a healthy scratch uh, for eight games with the Blues. Um, I thought he looked good in this game. Um, I, like everybody Best did. game he, of the season. Because he was good, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not anything uh, uh, uniquely insightful from my perspective saying he played well. He, everyone thinks he played well in this game. Um, no, he, he, this was his best game of the season. Yeah. He, he looked like the guy that was called up last season. Right. This is what we wanted him to be this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just have not seen that. Like, uh, I, just, I saw somebody, and actually it was a, a very good point. I saw somebody, I think, before this game say, stop playing your fourth line. They're awful. Play your, your uh, top three lines. And I thought, when was the last time we said that as Blues fans? Like, that's not something we usually say. We love our fourth liners. So the fact the fourth line's been a little eh this season, uh, if you can inject that with a Toropchenko, I think that changes everything. Uh, Bennington got the start on back-to-back nights and was given uh, – it was very good in getting his 100th career win, which we'll talk about in a little more detail after the game. Uh, back-to-back nights is being generous. Oh, well, it's uh, it a day was, game. And, I, I and, and I'll say, and, and <laughs> I don't want to get too much into this, but it's a few before hours. these two games, uh, I got into it with a guy on Twitter because he said that this was another season of every season of his career, uh, except the first one, 
that Jordan Bennington has had his taken his starting job taken away. <laughs> yeah, I saw which that. Is, I saw that. Which is not true. I mean, <laughs> he has lost his- it, it's just simply not true. Right. But I said, wait a minute. I'm like, how are you making that judgment now? Like, how? Because Grice got a start against Winnipeg, you're going to say he had his starting job taken taken away? Because Grice started like, back yeah, to back games. Two, that's <laughs> two starts in a row. That's back to back games. So yeah, his starting job was taken away. No. What? And then I asked him, like, please clarify. Like, and and at one point he said something like, "Well, you know, the uh, the two." Uh, Basically, he had his crease taken from him for two games in a row. And I'm like, he didn't have – the first game clearly was not one taken away from him. It was the second of a back-to-back. That was the Islanders game. I'm like, he played the night before. Baruby has never, until this week, he has never played Bennington in back-to-backs. And this one was just a little different to where it was an afternoon then night game. But it was like – and then he just – he was dead set. He's had his starting job taken away. Well, then look at the two games he played against Colorado and uh, Nashville. So, right. yeah, I don't think his starting job is in jeopardy right now. I liked the – the because he said, yeah, if you – if it's, if there's if your backup starts back-to-back games, you've lost your starting job. And then I love how you came back with, well, Vasilevsky didn't start back-to-back games. Uh, uh, isn't that who it was? You found a yeah, stat with Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. Yeah, his backup last, was Elliot. Last year. Elliot started back-to-back games. Elliot. And uh, he says, well, I guess he lost his starting job. <laughs> the best goalie yep. in the world, right? I don't remember what he said, but he said something to refute it. He was like, well, no, that's that, that's a different situation. And then I'm like, okay, let's look at last year's Vezina winner. And it was Shesterkin, and yes. he missed back-to-back starts at the end of the season. He's like, well, they were probably just resting him because, you know, they were going to the playoffs. And I'm like, and he's like, keep trying, though, bud. And I'm like, (laughs) I just gave you two examples, and you shot them both down. Like, who's the one trying here? Yeah, well, (laughs) what's the saying? Uh, Arguing on the Internet is like uh, playing chess against a pigeon. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to – Shit all over the board and strut around like they just won the game. (laughs) (laughs) I was shot. Well, then I saw like I literally muted the guy after that. I'm like, I can't. I'm. I can't even deal with the stupidity. I'm like, this guy is like purposely being an idiot, and or he's just really that stupid. And I saw other people chime in like later, like after normal work hours for people, and (laughs) I saw people being like. Holy shit, this guy's for real like commenting and I'm like staying out of it. I'm done. <laughs> uh, uh Nashville goalie uh you say Soros was solid in this game. No goals Soros. scored in regulation. Um a goaltending duel which we talked about. Um yeah, I I I enjoyed this game. I thought it was a, you know, a well-played game, I guess. Um you know, two teams that were struggling, so it wasn't amazing hockey. But uh, it was a good game. Uh, I thought both teams played fairly well. Um, Blues played much better defensively. They played better on the penalty kill again. Um, they played their game, Yeah, honestly. The, the Blues played their game all night. Soros, and it's funny because I kept thinking, and I, I'm glad I never said anything on social media, like, where is this Blues team that is just lit up UC Soros? Like, this this team, we, we've said now for, what, two years, like, Soros is having a great time in Nashville, except for when he plays the Blues. The Blues just seem to have his number. And clearly that was 
excuse me, that was not the case in this game. And and I knew the minute I said something on social media that, you know, that the Nashville would just come down and score. So I was like, eh, just don't say anything. But <laughs> yeah, I I love this game too. This was exciting hockey. Again, give me a low scoring game with some good chances by both teams. I'm going to be enthralled, and I was. This was a uh, this was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it was late in th- uh, the uh, Bennington puck to the wrist. That was late in the third period, right? Late in the third period, uh, Bennington took a uh, puck to the forearm just above the uh, cuff of his trapper. After some interference by Nashville uh, forward, turned his glove over and exposed the backside of his arm on a shot. You know, screen cross in front, made contact with the glove. Couldn't he couldn't get his glove out? It turned over and it, the puck hit him on the backside of the forearm, kind of. So. Before we talk about the injury part of this, I want to ask you. Yep. Let's say that exact play happens because mm-hmm. the what happened was the predator skate uh, player yep. skated by and then lifted his. Well, he, he jumped. He jumped basically hit, to try and avoid glove. the puck hitting him, yep. but wanted to continue to screen, screen Bennington. But in the doing so, he flipped his glove in a position that Bennington did not find ideal. Right. Let's just say somehow he flips his glove enough. To where the puck squirts under his arm, puck goes in the net. Do the Blues challenge that play for goal interference? No. You know why? Well, mm. actually, they probably would because it was late in the third period and they were losing. But, but, Maybe. but, I don't, I don't think that will have been ruled interference because Bennington, the contact was outside the crease, and we've seen it. You know, we can we can argue um, goaltender interference on what is interference and what isn't and what should be uh, versus what is called. But contact, incidental contact with the goalie that is that happens outside the crease is not called interference. It's, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It was incidental. Um, and, and the contact was made outside the crease. Bennington's skates may have been on the edge of the crease. May, maybe. But uh, so they're not going to call that interference, even though I think the Blues probably do challenge it, maybe, out of desperation because they were losing late in the third, maybe. I don't know, but I don't think it's I don't think it's interference by the rule book and why the and by the way they're calling it nowadays. I don't I don't think the Blues challenge. No. I just think they have been so anti challenging this year just because they don't want to take that extra penalty, even though it's late in the game. I just don't. I don't know. I don't trust them to make that call because I think at that point you have to. But they haven't given me any reason to believe that they would try and make that call. Well, I don't think. Uh, I don't think. It's, I don't think. Season. I think they would be right not to challenge because it's. I don't think it's interference based on how they're calling it because it's outside the crease. I still think it goes either way. I still think well, it could or couldn't be a goal if they determined it was on purpose. He didn't make an effort to get out of the way. You know, he but he saw him there. He's crossing in front and it's incidental. He's jumping. He's jumping out of the way of the puck. It's, it makes contact with the glove. It's it's incidental contact. I think I think they rule it that way all day long, and uh, it's outside the crease. And now it's inside the crease, then it's interference. You can't do that because he prohibited Bennington from, Bennington from making the save with his glove inside the crease. But it happened outside the crease, so I don't think it's a penalty. I don't think it's interference. That's me. Yeah, maybe. Um. Anyway, so this is, so did how concerned were you level from. One to ten, how concerned were you when this play happened and you saw Bennington kind of dive to the ice, like writhing in pain? Um, it's hard to say. When I saw the replay, that's when I saw, ooh, that might have gotten exposed skin. You know, that may have missed the pad. 
Um, so you never know. I mean, that puck is, it's a frozen puck, right? And it's, it's, it's striking your, your, your forearm, um, could easily break a bone. Right. But, uh, him staying in the game and making that glove save in overtime, I thought, well, he's probably okay. Um, it doesn't, it might not be broken. Um, if, if he's, if he's in the game and made that save and didn't seem any worse for the wear after the game, he said it was, uh, he said it was, uh, it was, it hurts. It's going to be sore, but it's fine. So he said it hurts. Uh, he's like, yeah, it kind of hurt, but we'll deal with that later is how he worded it hmm. in the post game interview. And that made me a little nervous. Um, I'll say I, I thought right away, I thought if it's broken, he knows it's broken and he's coming right out. Like I'm, I'm out of here. But the fact that he like stayed in the crease, Ray Burley came up to him. I was like, I think he's going to be okay. Um, I see it as, and it's something that I get constantly. Um, I, I see it as a, a pretty deep bruise. Those suck. They suck. I know you probably had them too. Oh like, God, yeah. They. It's. It, <laughs> imagine for those of you who ever got a dead leg back in high school when somebody would punch you at like the top of your leg and it would kind of like feel numb for a little while. Like it's kind of like that. Except, man, it just it's just this throbbing pain. I think of Elf, uh, Buddy the Elf, when he says uh, he's holding the thing to his finger, and he's like, my finger has a heartbeat. <laughs> like, that's basically what it is. You're, you're, it's just it's a pounding pain, and it hurts so much to start. Adrenaline takes over, and you feel fine after a little bit. But then, like, the next day you wake up, and you're like, okay, yep, that's right. That happened last night, and... Oh. I think that's what it was for him. Yeah, um, and I'm sure it was pretty sore um, yesterday and today. But uh, I, you know, he's got. Well, a couple- and Jim Thomas to, to skip ahead a little bit. Jim Thomas gave everyone a little bit of a heart attack today. Did you see that? Mm, he said uh, he he when he, when the practice first started today, he tweeted out, "No Bennington at practice today. It's Grice and an e bug." And it was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And then like three minutes later, he's like, okay, wait, here comes Bennington. <laughs> it's just like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> uh, so halfway through overtime in this game, uh, Shen takes a pass in the blue zone. And this was kind of, I knew what I knew what was going on right when he first, like he's, he's like freaking out. <laughs> Get, receives a pass in his own zone. He's the last guy back. No one's back with him. And he just starts hands out, yelling, yelling. I'm like, oh, fuck, his stick broke. He can't play the puck. And um, so, <laughs> and then Bennington comes out and plays the puck. And then Shen goes to the bench and gets another stick. And uh, But that was that was funny. Could have been bad if uh, an, a Predator player was in, in the vicinity. Um, of course, I'm sure Shen either probably tries to kick the puck away or haul him down. One of the two. Um, but Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, he would have done more than... Pareko did with his right, stick right. against Rantanen. Yeah. Um, no, what a smart heads-up play by Bennington, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, I loved that because he knew right away. You could tell Bennington could read that. Like, oh, shit, like, Braden can't play that. I better step up and do something. Whereas, like, and I think Steve Ott, apparently, I, I think it was Ott, who said that they couldn't hear him. Nobody could hear him on the bench. Uh, and so well, he, well, he nobody was sick. knew. He was sick. He, yeah. his, he didn't have a voice either. He couldn't yell yeah. that loud. Yeah, it's the thing. He's trying to scream, but he can't. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like it's a bad like, dream. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, right. And so I think he's like, I, guys, please. And luckily, Bennington's right there to 
to and, read the situation. And goalies who like to play the puck don't need a lot of incentive to go out and play the puck. You know, they yeah, love playing the right. puck. You know, oh, I get to play the puck. Yes. So well, and imagine if that. Like, I, I think it was Peng who said, like, imagine if somebody was on him. Yeah. You know, like they're fucked. Like it's literally a one on one. Like you said, it's it's a guy with no stick, uh, and and it's a guy coming in on him. Basically, a, a either a penalty is going to be taken by Shen, or it's a breakaway on Bennington. And know? Like, and not much you can do there. You're in overtime, so you've got talented scorers out there too. You're not, you know, you're not, All the time. you're not facing a fourth line grinder out there. You know, somebody's coming in with speed probably and, and, and can stick handle and can shoot and is going to poke that puck away from you. So you probably got to hold him yeah. down. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think, I think if that were the case, there were a guy on him, other guys are going to change. I think, I think Shen's hauling him down. I think Shen is literally grabbing the guy by his uh by his waist and just throwing him to the ice. <laughs> <laughs> After Shen got his new stick, he and Kairou came into the predator zone two on two. Crisscross in the high slot. Uh Shen dropped uh dropped pass to Kairou as they crisscross. Kairou uh close to the right side, shoots from the right side, saved by Soros, and then Shen is there on the left side for the rebound who uh, puts it in the open side nicely um as he fades away. Um blues win one nothing in overtime. Good game. Um, good finish. Thank God. I wish they could have beat them in regulation, though, because, you know, this is, I mean, if, if you're, if, if the Blues are going to make a run to make the playoffs, you know, it's just, you know, this is a team that you're battling with and you gave them a point. Uh, so it would have been nice to get, and, and Colorado, too. Colorado, they uh, tied it late to get an extra, to get a, uh, the, the opportunity for an extra point, and they got both. So. Bennington in this game gets his 100th career win. He is the sixth Blues goalie to reach that mark. He got his 12th shutout of his career and is second this season. He also got his first NHL win with a shutout. So he's he's bookended his career with shutouts right now. Uh, he joins Liute, Allen, Joseph, Fuhr, and Elliott in the Blues' uh, 100 win club. He reached 100 wins in 184 games. That is the third fastest Blues goalie to do so. Uh, Brian Elliott. Did it in 175 games, and Jake Allen did it in 176 games. Um, they did it faster. So Brube on Bennington's 100th career win said after the game, "It's a huge accomplishment. You go back to when he was called up, and what he accomplished. He's a blue. You know, he's got a lot of compete in him, a lot of fire in him. So Bennington's next shutout will tie him with Roman Turek and put him only three behind Glenn Hall." Uh, He's also only fifty-one. That's, he's fifty-one wins behind Glenn, uh, behind Michael Ute too, so that's interesting. Because if he plays his yeah. career out, he's going to destroy that win record. Oh yeah, yeah, he will. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah yeah tying Brent Johnson for um, uh, shutouts by Blue. It just goes to show, man. I mean, nothing against Brent Johnson. He's a great dude. Love his commentating now. I will stand by. Brent Johnson's one of the worst starting goalies the Blues have ever had. Um, not a, just never understood a guy who basically played a Hoshik style of I'm just going to get my body in front of the puck, but was not good at it. How that guy got 12 shutouts, I mean, you know, goes to show you he played behind Chris Pronger, Al McKinnis, Barrett Jackman when he was playing his rookie year. I mean, some damn good defense. Uh, and, and you know what? Jordan Bennington playing, and again, maybe I'm just, maybe it's a recency bias thing, playing with some of the damn worst defense 
the Blues have ever had. Um, and still able to get some shutouts here and there. Now, I'll give the Blues credit on this game uh, that they played very well this game. Played in the other shutout he had this year against Edmonton. Uh, played well that game, too. But, um, yeah, I just – I love seeing it. I love seeing him climb those t- – t- you know, we, we talk about the haters in this game like for the, for Bennington. I just love shoving this shit down his throat. Give me advanced stats all day. Guess what? He's going to be the fucking Blues career leader in everything by the time it's all said and done. <laughs> Brent Johnson, um, you can say what you will about him, but uh, he was he out, he took Roman Turk's starting job. Um, the season after, Turek uh, won the Jennings, right? Jennings. Yeah. Yeah, the Jennings. So, And granted, in – you know, Turek was not having a good season. He was inconsistent. He was pissing me off. Um, and Johnson was playing much better. So, and and Johnson had that nice shutout streak against the Hawks. Yeah, that's any any time you put up something like that against the Blackhawks, you're uh, you're going to be okay in my book. Austin Lynch says he was at the game Monday, and holy shit, I loved it. But the chick I was with found it boring as shit. The chick you were with, Austin, do dish. <laughs> <laughs> We've told you before, um, Austin, never call broads chicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wife hates that joke. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, and, you know, we, we, we joke about the, the haters with Bennington. At the end of the day, again, he will go down as one of the greatest goalies in Blues history simply because he's the only one that's won a Stanley Cup. That's all that matters at the end of the day. But at the same time, um, his numbers, again, Say what you want about a save percentage of the season, uh, his advanced stats at the end of the day. He's putting up wins. You know, when this team's playing well, he is a good goalie behind them. Um, this team is expected to score goals and basically just not allow the easy tap-ins, which you could argue has been the case this year. But... Um, Marguerite Morosa, can we get a full-body display uh, what does what? that mean? <laughs> In the Facebook chat, Marguerite Moroso, can we get a full body display? Does that mean? Are you talking pic- about? Does that mean Pixar doesn't happen? Is that some kind of? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, oh, Austin says she won't. Hopefully, this isn't who Austin brought to the oh. game. <laughs> he says she won't be going to another game anytime soon. Can we get a full um, body display? I'm hoping that's a real person because it's a very strange thing to say. <laughs> she may be talking about uh, maybe my my costume, uh, my outfit. Oh, maybe tonight. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Does it light up? Austin says um, the bot. I wish. Oh God, I wish it did. That's a that would be awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to Bennington. Hundred <laughs> wins. That's amazing. And again, to do it uh, in in the the third amount of shortest games, which. Hey, let's be honest here. I know you and I will disagree with Jake Allen on this list, but I mean, conversation of greatest goalie of all time for the St. Louis Blues. You and I both say Brian Elliott. Mm-hmm. He has the numbers to prove it, and he's been great. Um, and a lot of people would say Jordan Bennington, which maybe by the end of the day, that's what I say. There's a lot of people who say Jake Allen belongs in that discussion. So that and that's that's at a, the end of the day, Jordan Bennington's in some pretty elite company right now. I'd love to have that discussion. Um, and I'm not being sarcastic. I, I, I the 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 folks that are Jake Allen fans, 
and there's a there's a, a segment of the, of the Blues uh, Nation that is our uh, fans of Jake Allen. Um, I would venture to guess that most are not, <laughs> because he was here for so long, um, and just could never really do a whole lot, um, and always went into funks. But anyway, um, the uh, it's always interesting to me the goalie stats all time for the Blues, and how like how quickly Jake Allen moved up the list, for example, right? Um, because we haven't really stuck with the goalie uh, that long. I mean, compared to some teams, we've never had a goalie here for 10 years. We've never had a goalie here for, you know, to, to put up amazing numbers. We've had some amazing, some really good goalies in this organization, but they haven't been here a long time, and not a real long time. Um, to to really put up you know two hundred three hundred wins in their career, we our our, our leading win getter is Mike Leo with one fifty one, and if you think a really good goalie season is forty plus wins, right? That's a really good season to have one hundred fifty one for your for the Blues for career. It's like man, that's not it doesn't seem like a ton. I don't think because we haven't had a goalie here for a really really long time. You know, Jake Allen is our like longest to- tenured goalie here. Yeah, which is sad. Sorry. Parts it of is. part I mean it's 7 years, but it's like parts of 7 years. So it's Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I uh yeah, that I'd like to compare that to the rest of the league. Like and and maybe that's some I'm off next week. Maybe that's what I do. <laughs> I uh I'd like to compare the uh the 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 the, the number of shutouts and wins compared to the rest of the league. And clearly I'm not talking about the Vegas Golden Knights since 1967. Oh, oh, yeah, of the, of the expansion six, the expansion six, and uh, even like teams that came in like 1970, like Buffalo, Vancouver. You got to wonder what their numbers are too. I'm gonna bet. I mean, I'm gonna bet that the the teams that came in with the expansion six that are still here, so not counting the seals. Um, I'm gonna bet that the Blues are maybe dead last in uh, their all-time goalie win leader, 151. You think 151 is the least out of all the expansion six teams? Now you make me feel like I should look it up now. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like off the cuff. I mean, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, for sure Philadelphia's got that beat. Well, uh, you got to figure Philadelphia's got Bernie Perron, yeah. right? Yeah. Pittsburgh's got Tom Barrasso. Yeah. Um, who else is LA. In the original six? LA's here? got L I. L I. They got Johnny Quick. Yeah, he's got more. Uh, Rogi Fashan too, but I mean, you think Johnny Quick's passed all the? Oh sure, now. I bet. Um, who else? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Well, the the so Dallas. Dallas. Basically. So Belfour. Yeah. Uh, Belfour. Uh, um, did Belfour get one fifty one with the Stars? How long was he there? Well, it's. Let's look at them first. Sorry. <laughs> this would have been something to do research before the show if we had thought of it. It would have been great to do this before yeah, the show. Yeah, because we could compare uh, Expansion 6 with the with the Blues and with Bennington so, getting 100. Oh, that's, wow, that's interesting. Oh, that is really interesting for Dallas. Uh, Marty Turco, yeah, number Turco, one. Yeah, Turco, that makes sense, yeah. 262. Yeah, it's a lot. And then... So these are all ahead of the Blues. Just this is just Dallas. Yeah, Mike Lee at one fifty one for the Blues. Lettinen, Kari Lettinen, number two. Letting them in. Uh, it, letting them in. <laughs> letting them in. He had two hundred and sixteen wins. Oh wow! And then, 
Ed Belfour with 160. Okay. So, yeah, so Dallas has three ahead of our number, our number one, our wins leader in goal. Um, Minnesota is the – I'm going to look up the rest. Oh, so so we did, oh, here's Dallas, more. Minnesota, oh, Dallas, L.A. How do we not – we didn't even mention Philadelphia. Who, what goalie do you think? Hextall. Ron Hextall. Yeah. Uh, surprised we missed that. 240 wins. Barty Perrant, 231. See, I was going to say Hextall, but then you said Perrant. Oh, Perrant probably has more. Okay, Hextall is more. All right. I just figured Perrant because of yeah, the, I just, the era he played in. Right. Um. All right, let's do one more. Let's do Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got to beat. No uh, no question. Flurry. Well, Marc-Andre Flurry. Yeah. holy shit. Yeah. 375 with Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, and then Tom Barrasso, 226. Uh, and L.A. with let's see. L.A. for sure has more. Quick has more, easily. Quick has more. He has to have probably double what Bennington has. Oh, more than that. Yeah. Quick has 367. Yeah, I was going to say. He's a, yeah. uh, Rogie Fashan also uh, passes the Blues at 171. And Kelly Rudy comes pretty close to uh, Mike Leute's number at 145. Man. Kelly Rudy, um, yeah. So we got the seals, which they're that they're, they're not no longer around. Um, so they were only in the league so many years. Who else we got left? And the Blues, the Blues, and then it? there's one more. There's Minnesota. We did Dallas, right? Minnesota, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Blues, Seals. We're yelled at by people right now. L.A. We did them all. Did we? Did I say L.A. twice? Maybe. <laughs> uh, hang on. Let me look. Uh, uh, this is great, great stuff here for our <laughs> listeners. Uh, oh, yeah, we set them all. We set them all. I don't know how I missed it, but yeah, we set them all. Yeah, I thought I'm so, gonna I thought go so. ahead and just because I'm looking. Let's go ahead and look. Yeah, at Buffalo. we're dead last. Not even close, actually. It's not even close. So Buffalo, Buffalo came in. Oh, Buffalo's more than Buffalo's got Hashik, and 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 yeah. uh, and a uh, 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 Miller. So and uh, probably Marty Baron too. You think he's got more, more than uh, Leo? Probably. So Ryan Miller at two eighty four, Dominic Hasek at two thirty four, Don Edwards at one fifty six, and then Baron comes pretty close at one thirty four. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that, that, and that's that just comes back to what I was saying, that our we haven't had a goaltender. We've had really good goaltenders at times. But not for long periods of time to have put up, you know, 200, 250, 300 wins. So I, and then I, so and one I, more Vancouver and Buffalo, Vancouver, are 52nd season. Luongo yeah. is easily got to be. So easy. Vancouver, yep, Roberto Luongo, 252, and then Kirk McLean also at wow. 211. Kirk McLean, that's blast in the past. So again, like these teams that came in years after the Blues, their goaltending leaders both, both had and, two guys. Yeah, that have done have way more than the Blues goaltending leader, and I think that's that that kind of circles around to where you know uh, a lot of these towns have more patience with the goaltending because sometimes you know there are some years where goaltending is down, right? Uh, a, a good a goalie can have a good year and then an off year, then a good year and a eh year and an okay year, pretty good. It go, it varies, right? Um, and I think um, and I don't I, I know that the fans don't control the moves that uh team makes but you know our our ownership history has been in turmoil in the past we haven't had we've had a lot of owners um 
and our GMs have liked to wheel a uh, Quran, like the wheel and deal, right? And we've had some weird GMs too. Um, yep. And and uh, Plo, who couldn't seem to bring in uh, the guy. Uh, so um, I think that 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 now we have a goalie who is good enough to win behind a good team. That's that's how I define Bennington. He can be lights out at his best, and uh, on an average night, he's good enough to win behind a team that plays well. I, I think he's not going to cost you a lot of games. You know. I don't think. Uh, no. Generally speaking, and, obviously. And, and 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 that's where my argument comes in with Jake Allen. A lot of people say, like, well, Jake would have, like, an amazing game and play great. Uh, and it's like, yeah, but then he would absolutely blow a stinker for yeah. the Blues. Like, give up three easy ones and then two more. And it's just like, yeah, how are you expected to win that game? Bennington... Again, I thought he played pretty rough against Pittsburgh and the Rangers. But some of those pucks were still deflected by his teammates. Some were still pretty easy tap-ins. I just thought, okay, Bennington has played better than that this season and can play better. We've seen him play better. But, like, man, when Jake Allen was off, it was literally the team saying, you are not good enough to play with us right now. Go take a mental health break, and we're going to get somebody else from the AHL to fill in for you. Like that's how bad it was with Jake with Bennington. I feel like it's just, yeah, he had a bad night. So let's give him a night of rest next to the next game and put in our backup. Like, and last year it was Billy Huso just barnstorming the league. And it was like, we can't take this guy out of the crease. It wasn't to me. It was more Huso winning the starting job than Bennington losing it. I don't it think it was like, well, I don't. I was. I don't. I don't think Bennington was very good last year, and I think that opened the door to allow Huso to come in and play well, and he did. Uh, I think it was a. It was a. Thank God we have Huso last season for the first three quarters of the season, or whatever it was, um, or first half of the season, um, because I don't think Bennington was was very good um, last season. I thought he was ahead and off year, uh, his worst year. Uh, well, if you don't count stat wise, this year is his worst year, but. Uh, hopefully things level out and he he uh, he gets those numbers back up this season. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I I think with with him, the Blues signing him long term, six year deal. Um, if the Blues are patient with him, if the fans don't try and run his ass out of town prematurely uh, for having a bad half season or a bad season or whatever, um, I think you know uh, he'll he'll be fine behind a good team. And you put a good team in front of him. I think he's quite adequate to, uh, or uh, 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 the ceiling for him is is fantastic um, behind a good team. So um, he's proven that. So I think I, he he may, he and he, at times he can carry a team, um, but uh, I don't think that's something that you want to put on him a lot uh, because if a team's playing poorly uh, this season, he has he has not. Uh, stood on his head to, you know, pull out a one nothing win. So I, it's and just... we we still uh, haven't even mentioned the uh, article that came out with uh, Jr. Uh, last week about him basically throwing the team under the bus and saying like, it's bullshit. I'm tired of this. Like I'm tired of seeing my team play like this in front of me. And it's it, those are very loosely what he said. It's but the that's NHL. The Let's read. go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the kind of stuff he said. And 
Um, I know a lot of people did not like that, but to me, it's like I don't understand you that. Had your, you already had your decision made up on Bennington. That's that's yeah. what it was, and that's just more fire, more, more uh, firewood thrown into the fire. I like that was oh, I could twist this to to fit my narrative. And if, if Ryan O'Reilly to me, says that, I read it as like, I, I read it as like, what's that? If Ryan O'Reilly were to say that. Like in an interview saying, this is the NHL. We got to go. I mean, we got to play. This is ridiculous. You know, uh, if you would call out, people would love it. It, it. And it's the fact that Bennington says it. And it, it stems back to what I said about a goalie saying or doing anything on the ice. It's like they're not allowed to. You know, but they can't. They're, um, not, they're not allowed to take a shot at somebody. They're, they're not I'm allowed to. to be there. They're not allowed to. I'm going to disagree with you there. Because I think if that's Marc Andre Fleury, I think people look at that and say, what a leader. This guy's a veteran. He knows what it takes to win. And they look at it as Bennington is, oh, fuck that guy. He's throwing his teammates under the bus. I think I think that's – I don't even think it's a goalie thing. I think it's a Jordan Bennington hate thing. It is mostly a Bennington hate thing. But I think, in, but I think generally speaking, too, goalie – everything's under a magnifying glass with goalies on the ice. If a goalie takes a shot at somebody, it's, it's like, ooh, everyone takes notice. A goalie fight, like I mentioned before, holy shit, the whole bar stops. And watches a goalie, two goalies go at it. That is, that's highlight reel stuff forever. Um, so, because, and, and Bill made a really good point last week about how goalies, uh, they're a protected uh, entity on the ice. And so when they do do something to instigate something or antagonize another teammate, uh, uh, opposing player, um, it's tough for the opposing player to retaliate because they can't. So, and I get that aspect of it, but you know, a goalie being passionate and wanting to win and being fiery, uh, give me that all day long. I eat that shit up. Me too. Um, I love me it. Me too. Love, I love it. it. I, don't, I, I don't care who it is. A goalie, whoever it is, wants to win, vocal about it, give it to me all day long. Oh, I feel the exact same way. I I love when guys, and again, I, and, and maybe and maybe I worded it wrong, but like, uh, I don't feel like he was fully throwing his team under the bus. I don't either. I don't, I don't either. I feel like he was more saying, like, this is not the way we can play. We know, we all know we can play better. Let's play better. Let's fucking go. Right. And that's what he was saying to me, not, fuck this defense. This yeah, is awful. Well, you guys are terrible. And people get upset. And I'm like, what he's saying is absolutely fucking true. It is, it yes, is honest. 100%. It's honest. And he's passionate about it. And I'm like, how can you get mad at somebody? Oh, you don't, you don't say that publicly. You say it in the locker room. Come on. I mean, how how far are we into the season? They're all professionals. They're well, all adults. And, Come on. And how often do we hear, uh, and, and we've said this, you and I have said this on this show, how often do you hear hockey fans say, man, I wish hockey players showed more personality? Like, their answers after games are always, oh, we just got to get pucks deep. We didn't play our game. You know, like, how often are we just wanting to hear, like, yeah, we fucking suck tonight. You know, like, that's the kind of stuff we want to hear. We want to hear the passion. We want to hear fire. We want to hear individuality. We want to hear personality. But then when a player does it, we fucking chastise him for it and say, well, no, that needs to be kept in the locker room. Fuck you. No. Yeah. I Say whatever I, the hell you want to the media. And, and, and that's something else I said about this, too. This isn't game five of the season. I guarantee this is shit he said in the locker room already. Clearly, the message isn't getting across, so he's fed up. Yeah, show us that fire. Let us see that you're pissed off, Jordan. I love it. Brett Hall 
what I used to love Brett Hull interviews post game, especially after a loss. He was honest. He was saying we suck tonight. You know, and, and this is this is terrible. That's terrible. The game's terrible. You know, the NHL sucks. Uh, I love he was he was so honest. Now whether or not he was right, or you agree with him, that's different. But he was honest. He didn't give the canned answer ever, and uh, I love that. And and some people got on him for that, for speaking his mind to, to the press. I'm like, you know what? As long as you're not calling out a player by, I mean, I I totally understand. You know, if Bennington were to say to uh, Jim Thomas, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Pareko aside, then he's got to tie that guy up better. You know, Pareko has not been good this season. You know, he's got to be better. Yeah. You can't you can't do that. You're not you're just going to cause a, a personal problem between two players. But generally speaking about the general the team as a whole to the to, to, like he did nothing wrong with that because it's true. It's true. To even expound upon that, and if he were to just say, yeah, the six defensemen on the ice tonight were not any good, that would also be like, yes. holy shit. Like, right. that's a little much. Yeah. But, I, yeah, just to speak in general terms like you did, I'm all for it. Yeah. I, people are – people are. I don't know what is, is – is got. I don't – some people, some fans are just – I don't know if it's soft or they just don't understand – or or it's Bennington. They complain. There's well, already, but it's always been there. It's always, but it's always been the fans to some degree with with players. I mean, back in the Hall and Pronger days, you know, people would would bitch at Chris Pronger for taking a penalty, and so they and they would they hated him because of penalties. Forget all the other 99 percent of his game that he did that was like amazing on the ice, but because he took too many penalties, they hated the guy. They couldn't stand him. Brett Hall, oh, you he, know, and he he didn't play defense. Hate the guy. He can't play defense. And, like, the guy is a fucking – he's scored 86 goals. You know, who cares yeah. he can't play defense? None were empty netters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a record. That's a new state that's record. That's a record, and that's a trivia uh, uh, little notification for right, you there. Right, because uh, Wayne Gretzky, the, the year he scored 92, uh, he had, I don't know, it was 10, 12 empty netters. I think it was eight. It was – whatever it was, Brett Hall beat it. The, uh, beating yeah. – uh, uh, goal pucks that beat goalies. Uh, Brett Hall scored the most in NHL history in one season from uh, goals on a goalie. It reminds me of the Al Iafrady quote that I cannot say out loud. Um, oh God, you're looking at me like I'm stupid, I, folks. I'm no, gonna tell I'm you to look it up. I'm not. I am <laughs> not going. To, I can't, literally cannot say what he said. I'm because this was back in the '80s. I probably heard it before. He had a, I can't think of it. He had a chance at a hat trick, and uh, the media asked him after the game. Uh, so he had an empty net, and uh, literally, I think it was even like a breakaway chance, and he slid it to a teammate who put it in the empty net. And they asked him, you had an empty net, oh, you had yes. a chance at a hat trick, why <laughs> didn't it. you take it? And I will, I will say this, but I will not say the exact word he said. He said, empty net goals are for blank. And it was a very bad derogatory term that I cannot say anymore. Yeah. Uh, I see it. Yeah, but, I, I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad one, but in the '80s, I guess it was okay to say it. Empty net goals are for homogenized milk. There you go. Short, shorten that down a little bit. <laughs> How about cigarettes in Britain? Yeah, but that's not the same word though. The same. Oh, yeah! You're thinking okay. the F word. Yeah. Oh no, he didn't say that. He said he's. It wasn't. It wasn't near as derogatory. 
I'll really? say it. I'll say it. He's quote Ali Friday said said empty net goals over homos. Is that what he said? Yes. You were thinking Are you the at uh, it online right now. Yeah, yeah. It's oh wait. I thought he used. Hold the on F4. a second. Hold on a second. Multiple sites are saying different things. Hold on. I'm pretty sure it was the F word. Okay. Oh, maybe. Oh God, well, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm seeing conflicting uh, info on sites here. So okay. So oh. yeah, what I'm seeing right now is exactly what I thought it okay. was. It's the F word. I do see both now, but I was like, that's weird. I wonder why. Maybe they cleaned it up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's maybe. awful. That's bad. That awful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, can't say that. Nor would I ever. Even back in when the show started, nor would I have wanted to say that word. Yeah. But. Still, for it's guy, just like for, for a guy like <laughs> for a guy like Ally Friday with the hair that he had, he shouldn't be uh, <laughs> he shouldn't be making derogatory comments about anybody. He shouldn't be judging anyone, right? <laughs> <laughs> he had missing link hair. Yes, he did. WWF days and missing link. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, in Nashville, uh, the Blues did win this game, one nothing. The Blues. PK came up big in this game, holding the Predators without a goal in four tries. The Blues have now killed seven straight penalties, which is a big deal with how they've been playing on the PK this season. Uh, they are no longer in last place in the NHL on the PK. They are at 67.7%, and the Ducks are at 67 flat percent. That's because the Ducks are historically bad. Right. They will not be as bad as that Capitals team, the 1-8 games uh, that holds the record, but they're pretty goddamn bad. So, glad the Blues could climb ahead of them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just on the PK, though. <laughs> yep. Uh, Torpchenko, Barbashev, and Saad have been added to the PK. We talked about uh, Thomas has been removed. I, I, I think it's safe to say he will not show up on the PK uh, anytime soon, <laughs> Thomas. Um, they're, I think they've been noticeably more aggressive, blocking shots on the PK, uh, attacking on the boards, on the pucks on the boards. Um, with all that said, uh, I, I've liked the way the PK has looked the past two games. Hopefully they keep it up. They've been practicing it more with with more days off. Um, so hopefully something clicked there and is sticking. Uh, but it is a small, very, very small sample size for a team that's been really bad on the PK uh, almost the entire season. Uh, not going to get too excited about back-to-back games, but you got to start somewhere. So let's hope it continues. Um, mm-hmm. Defense was much improved in this game. They boxed out better. We're tying up sticks better uh, compared to the game before in a couple situations against Colorado that cost them the game. Um, I think the offense could have generated probably some more scoring chances in this game uh, and capitalized on a couple because uh, no goals in regulation is rarely good enough uh, in this league, but it worked out in this game. So uh, We are, let's see, on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about the Blues' upcoming schedule and if the Blues' recent uh, improvement in their play will actually matter. Uh, but now here's a word from uh, realtor Mike Burgoyne with strikewithmike.com. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top 
of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles, and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. Uh, up next for the Blues, we got uh, three games. The next three games are against teams not that far in front of the Blues in the standings. Um, I guess when you're lower in the standings, most games are against teams ahead of you in the standings. But uh, these three, <laughs> these three are, um, you know, teams we want to pass uh, in the near future here if we can put together a streak. Um, if they want to make any move, they, it would behoove them to. Uh, make a run here, starting with uh, uh, this last game against Nashville, and now Edmonton on Thursday night. Edmonton is seventeen thirteen and zero, thirty four points, fourth place in the Pacific, seven and three in the last ten, and they're coming off a six to three win versus Nashville on Tuesday night, and then they have Calgary on Friday, Vancouver on Monday. Um, so those are three games against three teams that are ahead of us in the conference standings. So it'd be nice to uh, I, to pass those three teams. We get a nice win streak started here. And I think it was very important for them to win that Nashville game. Um, it would have been really nice to win the Colorado. Yeah, game. no kidding. But I mean, with the fact that it's a it's the season long five game road trip uh, coming up here. So like you said, yep. Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle next Tuesday, and then on Friday they play uh, Vegas uh, before they come home after Christmas. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so it was it it was vitally important, I think, to get at least two points um, in those two games, and and they got three, which is nice um, before hitting the road here. And like you said, I mean, these are all teams that are jockeying for playoff position right now. Um, Edmonton, I think, is kind of underperformed this season, um, and of course, you've got the, the God. I just fuck the NHL scheduling, man. I I hate it. Edmonton and Calgary back-to-back. Those two teams are starting to be pretty damn good. Getting them on back-to-backs all the time for all Western and Eastern teams is bullshit. Um, same with the Florida trip. Same when the Calgary – or the uh, – I'm sorry, the California trip when the California teams were all good. Like, break that shit up, man. Like, that is brutal, and you're just asking to give points to these good teams with these back-to-backs. But – well, Cal- That's beside the point. Well, Calgary is four four. Uh, Edmonton's they've won seven out of ten. Uh, Calgary is four four and two in the last ten. Um, but yeah, both. Uh, but these two teams, for the most part, have been trending up for the past couple seasons. Well, sure, sure, so, sure, sure. And and I mean, I'm almost thinking like it's almost a fucking free two points for these two teams uh, when you're on the second of the back to back. But either way. Um, I expect to see uh, Jordan Bennington clearly in net as as long as he's healthy 100%. Um, maybe they try to give him one more day of rest uh, just in case that, that arm still has a bruise on it or whatever. Um, but I think you'll see Bennington in net Thursday night against Edmonton. And then, of, of course, Grice in net Friday against Calgary. You think? Uh, just because Bennington's played so well against Edmonton this season. Well, I wonder, because he played back-to-back this you know, just uh, 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 against Colorado and Nashville. 
and played well. And he's got days off in between. There's no three games and four nights here. Um, it's it's they've, they're playing two and they're off two. They're playing two and they're off two, which is weird because the, dating back to the Colorado game, the the six games, Colorado, um, Nashville, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, they're all paired up back to back. So it's two together and then two off days and two together. So I'm wondering if I wonder since it worked out well last time, I wonder if 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 Bennington plays well against Edmonton, I wonder if he'd play against Calgary. I think you're more likely to see him play the back to back with Vancouver and Seattle. Maybe Edmonton and Calgary are two tough tasks. Yeah, I, I, it probably depends on how the game goes, but uh, I get you. I, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I just I I, but I, I, I don't would know. like to I, see if he's hot if he's playing well. Which he has the past two games look good, um, man. I I just like as 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 far behind the eight ball as this team is with points. Um, I don't want to run him into the ground either, but I I wouldn't be against starting him back to back nights uh, sometime soon if he if he plays well, doesn't get a ton of work in one game or something. I wouldn't be against that at all. Yeah, I guess that depends. But I I mean he, I think he's going to get a ton of work, and I think that's Maybe. the problem with his defense. Well, well I, think, right. I think most nights he's going to get a ton of work. It'll be interesting. Um, they played Edmonton twice this year, and they played him twice really well. Should have beat him mm-hmm. twice. Um, beat him the one time, and I I saw. So I'm really curious to see how this is gonna how this game's gonna go with this team. You know, up and down right now, um, and now they're currently playing a little better. So I'm. Very curious to see how they play on Thursday night against Edmonton. Uh, that's going to be, yeah, I, I'll be. I'll, I'm going to wake up that morning thinking, okay, here we go. This is a this is a big test tonight of the Blues' consistency, especially yeah. if they. I mean, keep keep it going against a team they played really well against this season. If they if they don't play well against Edmonton um, and lose by three or four goals or whatever and don't look good, then it's like, well, what's what the fuck's going on? You played well against Edmonton twice already. And you you played a, a, a decent game against Colorado, a good game against Nashville, and now you should be on the upswing. And you lay an egg against Edmonton, that's going to piss me off and depress me. I, I if they play, that gets yeah, back into the conversation of who is this team, right? What is their identity? No identity. Yeah. Give us an identity, please. Yep. Um. So, and I guess this kind of uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit. Are the Blues showing signs of life? Kind of. Maybe small sample size. My dog is pushing on my arm like crazy. Go away. Go lay down. <laughs> um, I can't talk with you pushing me. Um, and he weighs like 120 pounds too. So if he pushes me, I'm going to, I'm on a rolling chair so I can slide across the room. <laughs> um, but uh, so they've got uh, three or four points versus Colorado and Nashville improved PK and mostly better defensive zone coverage. Two of the biggest issues this team has had. It's gotten a little bit better the past couple of games. Again, small sample size. Um, they're five points out of third place in the central. Not terrible, but the problem is Colorado is in that spot, and you'd assume they'd get better once they get healthy. And uh, plus, Colorado has a couple games in hand as well. So there's also Minnesota, Nashville in between the Blues and Colorado in the standings as well. It it does goes to show how much hockey the Blues have played in the past month and a half. Because I remember, like, remember when we were bitching, like, man, teams are going to play five games before the blues play in their first game, right. you know? And like, even after the blues played their first game, they still had like a four or five day layoff until their second game. Like we're all thinking like, my God, some teams are going to have 12 games where the blues play three, you know, like it's ridiculous, but 
they've played a lot of hockey down the stretch and you are hoping to bank some of those points for when the schedule gets a little easier mm-hmm. around this time. Clearly that did not happen. Now you have to really hope this team starts getting points going well, into the new year. But, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, you just got to hope they keep improving. Like I'm sure kind of, you're going, yeah. going to go towards that. Um, yeah, and I see, was. And yeah, see, and, and, and see what and happens. You said, I think, I think you said last week, um, if this team improves its special teams, especially the PK, you got to assume that is that even just that aspect of their game is going to lead to more wins. So the PK has improved a grant. It's a very small sample size, but, and I'm not saying they need to go on some crazy 30 penalty streak of not giving up a goal. I'm saying play 85 to 90% on the PK for the next 15 games. And all of a sudden we're having a conversation of, this team's back in the playoff picture. Can they stay there? Are they? Is this the team that we're expecting to see, or is it the team we saw a month ago? Like, a lot can change in that time, but you got to hope that that PK and the power play stays strong as they continue to improve their game. the The game on Thursday versus Edmonton will be their thirtieth game of the season, and we're well into December now. So, you know, it'll be decision time pretty soon um, for Armstrong and what direction he actually goes with this team. Uh, Not that he can make a ton of moves, but there are a couple key guys and some role players that would be candidates to be moved if we're selling. And I'd imagine that that decision to start actually uh, talking to teams about uh, possible trades, if it hasn't already, um, will be coming up in January. Um, So, you know, you've got Achari, uh, you've got Tarasenko and O'Reilly, uh, Barbashev, maybe Grice. If he, I mean, maybe somebody wants Grice. I don't know. But I say that because Hofer is playing well uh, for Springfield. Um, and at some point, you probably want to get him up. Now, I assume they're thinking next year to give Hofer a shot up here to see if he can win a job. Um, but, you know, late in the season or around the trade deadline, if the Blues want to be sellers, they could trade Grice for a. I don't know something to be named later, and uh, and and bring up Hofer for a few games and just get his feet wet in the NHL. Um, I can see that happening maybe. Um, Barbashev, not sure how much he would bring in a trade. Tarasenko and O'Reilly could bring quite a bit. Uh, Chari, they're talking. Barbashev to- is Barbashev's the interesting one to me. I think I think he's as good as gone. I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance he comes back next year. He's interesting to me because, man, I mean, he had a ridiculous year last year. I've been singing his praises for years. I've loved him as a fourth-line center. Clearly, he's more than that now. But he's not having the offensive year this year that he had last year. I mean, that goes without saying. But as a team that's potentially trying to acquire him, I mean, what are you willing to give up? Like, that's that's the interesting piece for me. O'Reilly, Tarasenko, they're veteran guys. You know guys. what you're going to get out of them. Yeah. Barbashev, he's such a question mark to me from from another GM standpoint. Like, what am I willing to give up for this guy? Am I going to get the 70-point score from last year, or am I going to get whatever the hell he is this year? Like, what was – what basically, what's the anomaly? Was it last year or was it this year? It's it's very interesting. <sighs> That's – I mean, it's, it's a great question. Um is a second round pick too much for him? 
I don't think so. I mean, especially if you're a, I, I, I don't know, let's just say like a Pittsburgh who maybe at the trade deadline they're feeling like if we can just have that third line center, I'm drawing a blank on who their third line center is now, but like if we just have that guy behind Crosby and Malkin who can still put up great points and we can even put on the power play and the penalty kill, like a team like that, I got to think they're willing to at least give up a second round pick. I don't want to trade within the division, but like a Dallas maybe who's like, we got some great shit on this team, but like Sagan and Ben have fallen off. So maybe if we throw a Barbashev in the mix and put him in a power play role, like there's a lot of variables that go in. It's, it's, it's just, I don't know. Well, he, I mean, he's a valuable I'm asking the question. Cause I really don't have an answer. He's a valuable guy. He's got, he has an offensive upside. He can play. He hits. Um, and he's, he's a, he's a good, he's a good checker. So, um, I think he can play in all situations, so I think that he's got that going for him. And uh, he proved last season he can he's got an offensive touch too. So um, I you know I don't think a second round pick is asking too much for him. But uh, but like I like you said I, I agree with you. I think he's gone. Um, I think he gets a raise, and I think he's gone. You think the Blues instead say we don't want to pick, we want a prospect. Like we want a uh, like a surefire prospect. You you get Barbashev this year for your Cup run. But we want a guy that we can plug in next year or the year after. I maybe it depends how good the prospect is. I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, Barbashev's not a guy that you that you're gonna want to acquire to give up a surefire, you know, top six guy. So yeah. why would you do that? You just you, you just bring up the top six guy. You know, if you're that team. I don't know. I'm just I'm just asking questions, Kurt. Yeah. No. I. I, I no. I get it. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, so there's a there's a handful of players that, uh, and that's really about it. I'm not like just like in a nutshell. This there's not too much else you can move that you can actually realistically get something for, um, because everyone has a no trade clause. There's like, eight players, I think eight no trade clauses on this team, yeah, and then and then some other players. It's like, well, you know, they're just you know like your Logan Browns and your whoever. You know, he's like, who cares? No one's gonna Walkers. No one's gonna give you anything for these people. So I'm not. These are like there's like five guys that you can maybe four guys you can maybe get something for, um, and then Grice you probably couldn't get much for at all. But but I'm just Tarasenko I mentioned him for the for the whole Hofer thing. Yeah, Tarasenko, Tarasenko and O'Reilly are those the ones that that people are going to be asking about again. I think Barbashev's a, a close third, but there's some question marks there. I. If they were to move on from Grice, and and I'm still saying I'm okay with that signing, I don't. Somebody called him the worst backup in the league. I don't. I, I don't get that at all. I, I, I think. Understand. I don't. I think he's been fine. I do too. Um, he had a bad game. Yeah, against, if they were to his move last him, game was a bad game against uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. That was bad. But now, other than that, he's now been, it's like. All right. Now let's just say, like, because I'm sitting here thinking, like, why would anybody want? Grice again, not saying he's been bad, but it's like, why would a cup contending team injury? The only thing I think is there's a, if there's a, yeah, if there's yeah. an injury to their backup, not right. even their starter, right? If there's an injury to their backup, they're like, we need another guy in here that knows the NHL game and can play. Sure, that's the only way I think that happens. But if there's no injuries, the trade well, deadline to goalies, I don't think he gets moved. And the only reason I brought that up was because of Hofer is in the waiting here. So I figured and I'm okay getting getting him a few games at the end of the season, you know, to, to play to just to get his feet wet in the NHL. Um, to, if we are, you know, not, a, if we're sellers and not a playoff team, 
Yeah. Well, and I and I'm okay with that too because I think you still then if you move Grice, I think you still then you have the option next year, next summer, of saying, well, we can go out and get another veteran to battle Hofer for that backup spot. Like, it's not a yeah. huge loss. Sure. It's not like, well, shit. Now we have nobody to battle Hofer right. for that backup right. job. I think you can still go out and get another. I don't know. I haven't well, looked at the list, but I'm sure there's somebody you can still go out and get. Well, Grice is on a one-year deal anyway, so it's not like he was in the plans for next year. Two-year deal. So he's a two-year deal? You're right. I'm that pretty is sure a, he's on a two-year deal. I believe you're right. Uh, Grice. Yep. No. No. One-year deal. He's a UFA. Are in, you sure? He is uh, signed for 22-23. That's it. Okay. Is that in cap friendly you're seeing that? Yeah. You don't believe me? Oh, I'm looking in cap friendly. I'm with you. Um, I just could have sworn he signed a two year deal. Well, when you said that, I thought, oh, yeah, I guess I think think he did. But then uh, I looked and I'm like, oh, no, one year deal. Um, So you got, you know, I mean, you got guys like Logan Brown. You got, um, well, that's about it. Well, then I think you definitely try to move him if you can. (laughs) But. Right, I don't see anyone unless like for a said, unless sixth round draft injury, pick or something. I don't think anyone, yeah, no one's going to give anything a value for him. You just take a take a low no. round pick, and then you just you just take whatever you can sure. just to get something because you know you're not going to bring him back. Yeah, uh, Pavel Datsu. Yeah, and I, I was drafted in the sixth round. Cons- I wonder if you even consider that, even if the Blues are in a playoff picture and like playing great, because it's like, well, why don't... not? We're not going to sign him next year. Yeah. Joel Hofer still pl- if he's still playing great in Springfield. Why not? Well, yeah, you'd have to get him some games first, though. But yeah, I, I hear you. I, um, it's it's rare that a backup goalie, you know, I guess I not anymore. I guess it's rare that a backup goalie plays to relieve a solid number one, right? Yeah. So if you've got a one A one B situation, you go with the, like last season, Bennington and Hofer, uh, Bennington and uh, Huso. It's kind of like a one A one B. You know, Huso started off the playoffs and then Benito took over. Uh, that was a little different. But you, yep. you're not going to see a lot of Elliott in for uh, Vasilevsky in the playoffs. No. Um, so after the – we've got a break here coming up. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, lower-than-expected salary cap projection for next season and how that will affect the Blues. Uh, plus, Pierre Lebrun uh, suggests a play-in series for the, uh, for the playoffs that the uh, Board of Governors seems to like. But uh, now let's hear from our friends over at Center Ice Brewery. Do you like hockey? Of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Let's hope so. If you answered yes to all of those questions, run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Center Ice Brewery. That's right. Center Ice Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Um, the uh, NHL salary cap has been projected uh, during the NHL Board, of, NHL Board of Governors meetings that uh, just happened. Uh, they always give a every year they give a a tease for the projected salary cap uh, increase for next season. And uh, Jeff, remember when uh, not too long ago, just maybe a month ago, that uh, the thought was that the salary cap would go up by about three to four million next season. Yeah, 
And the conversation was, who do you keep, O'Reilly or Tarasenko? Yeah, because you need that money if you want to keep somebody. Yep. Um, so it, it would appear that despite some uh, hope back in uh, previous months that the cap could jump by more than $4 million, if a certain revenue threshold was met this season, the league will fall short of that. The players won't quite be done paying off the escrow from the pandemic, and therefore we're looking – uh, likely at just a $1 million bump in the salary cap this summer to $83.5 million. And I think um, I, I said this on Twitter. I was like, if if people were still holding out hope that we could afford Ryan O'Reilly to resign him, I think this threw a bunch of cold water all over that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think definitely either him or Tarasenko are coming back. The only The only way that I see that working is if somehow – uh, I don't know when exactly he's due back. I think it's not for a while. You can move the Scandella contract. Maybe you can find a way to move the uh, a Krug contract or something. Um, but I think if you're talking about moving Krug, you're not wanting to resign O'Reilly or Tarasenko because this team's not a playoff team, and you're wanting to retool. So I don't see that being the case either. I think 100% both those guys are gone. Um I don't know. It's and it puts us in such a weird position. We've been here before, right? David Perron, expiring contract, gone for 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 no return. Alex Petrangelo, expiring contract, gone, no return. Like you don't want to see that again. But man, if this team starts picking it up, it's like, oh boy, do you hold on to these guys? And um, the only way that I see it, and again, I. I don't know how they make it work is if somehow throughout the season, they find a way to improve this defense. Even if this team is barnstorming and they're first in the league somehow, which I don't think is going to happen. I, I think you still got to move them because I don't see this team winning a Stanley cup with this defense. So unless you are finding a way to actually improve that defense, Man, with there being not the salary room, you gotta move both those guys. You just can't you can't sign the other room, so you can't keep them. You gotta get something in return. Yeah, and I guess if there were any any time in this franchise's history to buy out a contract, um, one with a no trade clause, I think this off season would be the time to do it because uh, you're just so limited in what you can do. If you want to get better, there's just too many no trade clauses on the books. You've got to buy out like a Scandella, or you got to buy out somebody. You, I mean, you're not going to buy out a guy like Krug or a guy with like years left on the contract. You're going to buy you out. Can't. You're going to buy out a Scandella. I mean, you're talking about paying what 12, 10, 12 years to yeah. those guys. Yeah, you got to stretch That's out not over happen. twice the length of the contract, and it's yeah, yeah. So if you bought out Scandella, you'd be buying him out for one season, which. You know, that's that's that would be is what it is. But it's that's the only guy I can see that happening to. But if there's ever a point where they were going to buy somebody out, which they really haven't, um, who they, who'd they buy out? They bought out. Um, oh, who is the guy? Dallas Drake. Dallas Drake. They bought Drake and Jay McKee. Jay McKee. Yes. They bought Drake. I thought it was just yes, McKee. They no, okay. they bought out both. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. He. Uh, yeah. Dallas Drake was. He was bought out, and then he won a cup with Dallas. Fuck him. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I 
and, and and I've said this on the show before. I hate how every buyout period, this media, this Blues fan base celebrates like, oh man, how great is it that we're the only team that's never really bought out anybody in the Doug Armstrong era? And I'm like, I don't fucking care. He should have bought out players it should, to the contracts he signed guys to. The point they should they they the. It'd be a nice point, to, a nice feather in your cap to have if you could say, how nice is it that we've never had a situation where we've needed to buy out a contract or had to buy out a contract or should buy out a contract? You know, that's not the case. This team's been in that case yeah. many times. Just because I mean, we haven't done it doesn't mean we haven't, had, which haven't only, had the need to. There's only so much this team can do because we're up against the cap. And it's like, well, if you want to bought out that terrible contract last year, we wouldn't be up against the cap right now. And the thing is that the Blues do spend to the cap. So that's part of the reason why this this $1 million increase is not going to help them uh, as much as they need it to. Um, it will help them a little bit. I do not, think you'll see – you'll see. I think you'll see maybe some defensive help brought in if they can make some moves over the summer. Again, you're losing – you're going to lose the Barbashev, O'Reilly, and Tarasenko yeah, contract. Yeah, but you've got to pay Thomas and Cairo. That kicks in next year. That's sixteen yeah, that's million. True. That's sixteen million. But there's still going to be some money freed up, and I I hate to put more money towards this damn overpaid defense, but you got to do it. I mean, this it, it's a abysmal defense. You got to do something. Well, with that's it. that's why I said I, I was like you. They're talking about you know what to do with uh, what move to make in the offseason. I'm like you got to make a move for the defense. You have to, and you got to hope that your forwards perform as expected. Um, and the defense, the defense, and what's rough about this defense, they don't have a number one defense, a true NHL caliber number one elite defenseman. And they've got guys who, in short spurts, can play that way. Falk has played that way for short periods of time. Um, but that's about it. Um, they've got a bunch of number three and fours. So. I, they need a number one, and those don't come cheap or grow on trees. So I don't. I'm not sure what they're going to do. Um, I, I people and it's funny because you see people with with solutions that that'll post on social media, and they're like, um, "You got to trade Krug." I'm like, "He has a fucking no trade clause." We well, got to trade Pareko. He has a no trade clause, and and yeah. unless and, they waive them, now, they're not going to go anywhere. I was going to say there are ways to get around it. You know, if this team decides to do a little bit of a retool or a, I hate to say the word rebuild, but if they do, they might want out. There's a there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance that they'll say, "I want to win right fucking now." Like, but. And I'm in my prime. I need to win now. So move me, so I can go be on a team that wants to win right this minute. From like everything that's being said about Pareko, though, Pareko loves St. Louis, and every time it's brought up, uh, people are like, "He's." I don't see him waving his no trade. You know, Jr. said that. Well, Thomas and, has and, said that. And why? And and not to pull a Darren Pang here, but but why wouldn't you? Like, if I'm Colton Pareko, I am making good money to play mediocre defense. <laughs> like, fine, pay me. Pay me through the rest of my contract, and I'm not in Toronto to where if I go out to dinner, I'm going to get bombarded by fans. Like, Blues fans are 
fairly respectable. You'll get the odd nut who's going to come up and bug you and your family at dinner. But, like, for the most part, Blues fans are, you know, hey, Colton just wanted to say, you know, good game last night. Love the way you play. That's it. Walk away. That's it. Like, yeah, why wouldn't you want to stay here? Like, why not? Well, I'm just saying that that people will suggest trading these players and, like, you know, they, they, they fight for no trade clauses to in their contracts for a reason, you know, because they don't want to be traded or they want to have a say in where they go. So, that's, and that's what I think it is more. I, well, I think some maybe them, there, there are, there are a lot who say, I literally don't want to leave here right now. Like, I love this place that I'm at, but I think a lot of them, it's more just, I want to tell you where I'm going. Like, I don't, if you're going to move me, you're going to move me where I want to go. Yeah, and and that's quite possible. But I I also think there's probably some guys who are like nope, uh, like with Jeff Preco, he loves St. Louis, doesn't want to doesn't want to leave. So, you know, and people, you know, players get established in a place. They have they they raise a family in a town, um, and some players don't want to leave. They don't want to uproot their family. Uh, Petrangelo had no problem <laughs> leaving St. Louis Clearly. for uh, Vegas. You know, um, but you know everyone's different. So. Maybe maybe some guys would waive the no trade if if they were asked to. Um, but a lot of times too, players may not necessarily want out of a situation unless there's a problem with the coach and them, or uh, they're just there's a something bad's happening. They're, they can't the stuff's not working. They're playing terribly. They're catching a lot of flack. They can't handle it. You know, it's, it's not a good situation. Um, I'm not. Sh- I don't know if any of the loose players fall in that situation or not, but um, or how they feel personally. That's that's that's. It doesn't sound uh, only like they it. know. We, I and listen again. We're not Toronto. We're not even Montreal. We're not hearing as much about the locker room stuff as, of course, they're losing. So we're hearing there's locker room issues. That's going to happen everywhere. But we don't hear a lot of the ins and outs like we do in some of the Canadian cities. So, as far as we know, everything's hunky dory. They want to stay. They're happy here. Now, I could see a guy like Tory Krug. Boston's making a nice run. They need a defenseman. What do you think? Uh, yeah, come up with a trade proposal and, you know, we'll talk. Like, maybe. I'm interested. You know, like, but I think it's more what you're saying. I do think it's more they love it here. And God damn you, St. Louis, for being such a lovable city. Because <laughs> uh, these guys don't want to go anywhere. You know, um, we, let, let's say O'Reilly and Tarasenko both leave in the off season, or they're traded, whatever. Um, next season, man, that's a, that's a pretty big changing of the guard, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're probably gonna. I mean, I'm thinking you name Shen as captain next season. That that's a, I mean, that's my pick. Um, some people are saying Thomas, but I think that's too young. He's too young. Uh, for that, um, I don't even think it's too young. I just don't see him as the team leader. You know what Braden though? Shen is. You know what though? Um, who's the one that is almost always giving post game interviews and in between periods? It's Thomas. Yeah, Thomas, it's Thomas is Thomas is always talking. Uh, he's always the guy. I mean, almost uh, he's frequently the guy, more so than anybody else. Uh, talking to the reporters, talking to the cameras. Um, I wonder what. If that's by design, or am I reading too much into that as far as uh, what the team is trying to do to maybe see what kind of a leader he is uh, 
in that respect? I don't know. That's interesting to me because of all guys, Thomas, to be doing so many post-game interviews. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but so next year, we'll, I mean, no Tarasenko, no O'Reilly, maybe. Um, you got to assume. Well, and, it's a different team. You got to assume that at this point, they were hoping Jake Neighbors is going to be taking a huge step yeah. forward. And he has not, unfortunately. No. Um, he's been fine when he's here, but he hasn't become nearly at all a top six guy on this team. And I think that was kind of the expectation with Peron leaving and uh, neighbors going full pro. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, Zachary Bull Duke has looked pretty good. That's what they say. So you have to, you have to assume he's at least going to get a nice long look next year at a uh, training camp. So, you know, again, I think, I think it's a huge step back with a neighbors and a Bull Duke, especially with Bull Duke being his, his first full pro year. Um, but I think that's kind of the goal. But I could see I could see this team taking a really big step back next year. I mean, granted, might already be this year, but well, I can see this team not being a playoff team next year and then hoping that these guys get a year under their belt and then they start becoming the future of this team led by, as weird as it sounds, the veterans of Thomas and Cairo. And uh, all of a sudden, this is a whole new young Blues offense. It's a pretty big offseason for this team. Uh, and we're, it's funny saying that 29 games into the season. But it'll be, a, it's a big, it'll be a big second half of the season, trade deadline, and offseason with uh, the moves they need to make. But they're handcuffed, so they can't do a whole lot. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Shen for captain or Justin Falk? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think your dark horse pick is Justin yeah, Falk. Again, I, guy on contract, a guy who's been a leader for this yeah. club since, well, since his second year here. Um, but I, I, I think I think Braden Shen is the, the definite pick for me. But, I mean, Justin Falk, I think he deserves some credit for a look. I wonder, uh, it, it, you know, I, if there's any truth to Tarasenko wanting to be captain. I wonder if there's any, uh, like, oh, hey, O'Reilly's leaving. If you want to sign here for less, you'd be captain next season. <laughs> who knows? I, uh, who knows? Could you, could you imagine? I've heard some rumors that he only wants to sign in Washington, and they will find the cap to make it work. Huh. Can you imagine him playing with Ovechkin? Wow. And him being a part of that moment when he passes Gretzky? I mean, if if he wants to be in Washington, then uh, he can sign there this offseason. If he's not traded, we'll see. But that'll be yeah, that'll be interesting if he's traded, because if he's traded, and the Blues want a good return for him, the team that trades for him is going to want to sign him, right? Yeah. If they can't sign him, they're not going to give a lot for him because he's a rental. So the Blues are going to yeah. get the Blues are going to screwed. Um, and if he wants to go to Washington. And Washington won't trade for him. <laughs> then the Blues yeah. are kind of over a barrel, so they're going to have to accept whatever at the deadline for a rental. It'll be a Shat and Kirk type deal where everyone knew he was going to sign with the Rangers, right? Like everyone and their mother was yeah. like, "He's going to the Rangers." But the Blues, like, we we got to move him, and they tried to move him. Was at Edmonton, yeah. And he was like, "I won't resign there." And Edmonton was like, "Well, then fuck it you." It was for We're Taylor making this deal, Taylor Hall, right? Taylor Hall, <sighs> yep. Yep, and then uh, then they uh, said Washington. T- 
take him as a rental. And they were like, okay, we'll give you Zach Sanford. And, and it was like, okay, we, we got to do it. Like, as long as Shattenkirk says, like, I'll play there the rest of the season, but I'm not resigning there. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Zach Sanford versus Taylor Hall. Yeah. They got something else that they all oh, Phoenix Copley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who we just let go after that too. Yeah. That was dumb. Yeah. Um, and he went back to Washington. Now he's in Anaheim, which yeah. Ooh, good luck Phoenix Copley. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, uh uh McKenna, Mike McKenna uh used I think it was Mike McKenna. Uh, broke down yes. Phoenix, Phoenix Copley as a as a proper way to make a certain a particular save on Twitter. Uh, that was uh, the other day because he made a uh, he was out top of the crease and he had to slide back across uh, to the post to make a save. And instead of uh, make, sliding over out in front of the post, he slid back right to the post, and uh, that, that allowed him to stay in the crease and not slide out of the position. And he 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 broke it down as a as a clinic and in, in, uh, goaltending. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, McKenna. Mike McKenna. Yeah. Uh, by the way, oh, man. Yeah, we, we, we kind of messed this up, but it's also because Doug Armstrong messed this up. Um, originally, the Blues acquired Phoenix Copley in the uh, Oshi trade. Um, and then, for no fucking reason oh, at right. all, the Blues sent him back that's with right. Shattenkirk in the deal to get Zach Sanford, that's Brad right. Malone, a 2017 first round pick and then a 19 conditional second round pick. That's right. And it's like you did not have to include Copley in that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, I knew it was something goofy with him going uh, leaving. Uh, so weird. Yeah. So uh, Pierre LeBrun had a uh, write up in the Athletic today that talked about an item that was not formally discussed at the recent Board of Governors meeting, uh, but it was a poll he did among the league owners, a uh, league governors. Uh, how would you feel about a play-in series for the NHL playoffs? So it was the most talked about concept would be a number seven versus number 10 seed and a number eight versus number nine in each conference and a best of three series held quickly over three days max, no travel. The higher seed gets the host, the entire series, the entire three game series in their building. And that's what some people would like to see. And LeBron asked 12 governors and it was 12 Oh, in favor of the NHL adding a play-in round. There wasn't a single voice of dissent, which Not, I found okay. interesting. Yes, but let me let me add this. I want, and I know he can't say, I want to know which 12 governors. Because if he specifically asked 12 governors of teams that have legitimately not made the playoffs the past <laughs> eight, nine years, they're all going to say, yeah, playing round, playing round. But if he's asking... Washington, St. Louis, Colorado, um, I don't know, uh, Vegas. I wonder if they have a different idea. On well, it. you know, everyone makes more money. You know, more, more yeah. and, and, and down the stretch, there's more interest for more teams. The games are more meaningful. They're drawing more fans. Um, that three-game playoff series to get into the playoffs um, would be – yeah, so it's seven versus ten, and eight versus nine. So it's two three-game series. That's that's, um, so a, that's okay. a lot. What what do you think? I, you know what? Okay, more meaningful games for more teams late in the season. 
I'm for it. That sounds fun to me. Um, it doesn't affect the 16-team final playoff format, um, so that you're not you're not really adding more teams to playoffs. It's a it's a it's a pre-playoff kind of a thing. Um, it, it would be fun, although I do worry that it would end up like the bubble in a way, where there's a play-in kind of thing, where there's there's pl- teams that were already like in a in playoff mode, playing playoff games for two three games already or whatever, and they're jumping in against a team that's been resting for a little bit. So, you know what I mean? So those teams that had to play in and won that A spot, then they'd be playing against the number one seed, but they'd already have, you know, they'd be like in playoff mode already for a handful of games. So that's that's the only uh, thing I don't like about it. But, hey, I'm, you know, more hockey, more playoff-type hockey. Okay, I like it. Fine. You don't like it? I'm, no, I okay. hate it. Well, I actually... I'm actually with Bettman. I think I, now I'll say uh, the positives in it, which is why it's going to happen. It will eventually happen is because it is more revenue, um, more playoff games, basically, basically more games overall, right? Like you're going to have all of those games televised on ESPN on, and TNT. And so that's more viewership. Plus, you're getting more sold out games for the three for the, or for the the top seed. Um, it's going to be more revenue because it's more games. Yeah. So it does make sense from a business standpoint to do it, just because it's going to bring in more money. Um, I hate it because I do think it illegitimizes the 16 team playoff. I think how so you you battle all season to get in that top eight. Now it's you battle to be in the top 10. Now you still want to don't finish outside of the top six, right? Because then you have to play into the playoffs. But I just feel like the battle, like I agree with Bedman in the exact statement of you're trying to fix what isn't broken. Like the fact that these teams all battle down to the wire for that eighth seed, like we saw Philadelphia, was that in 2010, go all the way to the Stanley Cup final and literally had to win in the final game of the regular season to make it to into the playoffs. Like, we're already seeing an awesome battle to get into the playoffs. Like, now you're just adding more teams, and I think we're seeing half the league make the playoffs. That's enough. I don't think we need more teams in the playoffs. When uh, Bettman took over in, uh, what, 30 years ago, uh, there were 16 of the 24 teams made the playoffs. Now it's 16 of 32. It used to be 16 of 21 back in the day. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, the league has... That's way too many. The league has (laughs) increased by 11 teams since that time, and the number of playoff teams has stayed the same. So I think... um, and, And, you know, I think... You know, I I don't have a problem with uh, the 16 teams that get in the playoffs. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. Some people make fun of it and say, oh, half the team makes the league makes playoffs. I don't care. That's great hockey. Um, what do I care how many it is? It's it's fantastic hockey. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 f- I'm for it. I uh, it just changes the the goalposts from uh, fighting like hell to secure a for sure playoff spot from the top eight in your conference to the top six, right? So, and then seven, eight, and then nine and 10, seven, eight, nine, 10 would then battle it out for the bottom two seeds. 
I guess. So, um, I, 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 I don't, I don't, you know what? I don't see a problem with, uh, giving it a try for five years or whatever. And if it doesn't go over well, then go back. Cause they've changed playoff formats from time to time anyway. Yeah. So I don't think they change the amount of teams that get in though. I think if, but they're if not getting they in, say, we'll try getting it. in. It's a, it's a play in. Mm, aren't they though? It's a play in. Aren't they? That's still playoffs. No, it's a play in. Just like how the wild card series is playoffs. Like it's the same thing. It's, it's a, in baseball. It's, it's, it's not it's, playoffs. It's, though. it's the wild card. It's the wild card. Because you're, you're if a if what these a one teams game goes playoff. on to let me put it like this. If they if they go into a three uh game. win the Stanley Cup, one of these teams, yeah, their goalie is going to get nineteen wins or eighteen wins. Mm-hmm. That's a playoff game then. If you're going to count the stats as a playoff game, those are playoff games. They so, did they did count the stats in the bubble, didn't they? Yes, they that's did. Playoff. Yeah, see that's well that's and that's uh I don't agree with that. You know, if, if it's not if it's not playoffs, then don't count it as playoff stats. Count it as like shootout goals. They don't count towards your goal total, something like that, you know. Um I would Well, I'm just saying to me that means it's a playoff game. And I feel like yeah. that is and I know that the, the argument is it's not really a playoff game, but to me it is. Those are playoff games. It's uh, okay. I mean we could argue semantics. And I just play in versus play already. I think we're already <laughs> half the league in. And and if the argument is, well, back when it was 21 teams, there were 16 teams that made it, that's ridiculous. I agree. It should have been 10 teams, 11 teams back then. The fact that the number of teams has grown doesn't mean to me that they need to add more teams in the playoffs. It just means but, they're correcting the mistakes from before. But, again, from the other side is they're not adding more teams in the playoffs. It's it's still 16. There's a play-in to determine the final two in each conference. Though. I'll argue that. I will die on that hill, sir. Okay. Those are playoff games to me. Eh, not the same. They're all seven-game series in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, the, play, well, the play-in is it's all at one building. You know, all in one building, three games, just like baseball. You say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You say that, but those baseball stats, they go towards the postseason stats. And they, and, so, and they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. If they're gonna, Well, does baseball call it playoffs? Yeah, okay. they do. No, no, no. I mean, do they call the wild card series playoffs? Yes. Okay. Well, yes. Bettman came out and said that uh, he doesn't want that to be playoffs. And so if they did go this route, maybe they would structure it so it wouldn't. I don't know. So what do you, you're just going to play these games and not have it marked as stats anywhere? That feels even weirder to me. You're just going to have, like, wild card stats? Why not? There's playoff stats separate from regular season. No, you can't Why? have a third. Why? Why not? There's two. Why not make Why would you? Why? Why not? I feel like you should be the one arguing for, like, why you would add wild card stats. Well, if you're going to, you said that that they won't count towards anything. I said, well, count as wild card stats, and you said why? And I said but, because they count towards something like that. They, there's a, there's a there's playoff stats and there's regular season stats. They don't merge together. But you're saying they don't they don't fit into playoffs and they don't fit into regular seasons. You're saying make a third set of stats just for wild card stats. Why not? There's already two. That's there's weird two sets. As hell. Why is it weird as hell? There's already two. What's one more? Because there's postseason and there's season. Playoffs. Playoffs and play in and then regular season. 
Why is there a plan? No, because if that's they, ridiculous. If, if they have the plan, if the plan is not considered playoffs, and I don't know what the league's going to say about it if they do this, but if the plan is plan is not considered playoffs, then why not have a separate category for those? That's weird because you're only going to have what nine game, twelve games total that are going to add to that every year. Like well, that's weird to have a third stat just for. Because your team's not good enough to make the playoffs, so you have to play in the play-in round. That's weird. What? No, I don't why? like that at why? all. Why? Why is it so weird? They have they have separate playoff stats from regular Again, season. You're the one. You're the one arguing to add a third set of stats. Why am I the one defending the way it is? I should be the one. I'm arguing. I don't. I suggested it because you said, "What are they going to do? Just not count stats for that round?" I said, "No, just add a third one." That was my no, solution. That's and not a solution. That is a solution. a solution. It's just, you just don't like oh, it. Oh, it's a terrible solution. Well, what do you think? This conversation was probably had before playoffs started. What, do you count playoffs towards regular season? No, you make a separate category for playoffs and not regular season. Well, that's silly because one team might be out in four no, games. that's not silly. One team might be no, out in, that makes one total team, sense. One team might be out in four games. So no, it's only four that games. that makes total sense. Absolutely not. No, no I'm not saying just, now no. you're throwing weird shit out there. No, I'm not. I'm saying there's a there's a playoff. If they go this route, you could have, and they they might merge wild card with playoff stats, which is weird because then That's you, you have you have to consider it playoffs if you do that because that, this doesn't make any sense. Um, you can't just like ceremoniously call it no playoffs, but then have everything count towards playoffs. So and and if they do it that way, now if they were to say. Okay, wild card stats do not count towards playoff stats. Then, Jeff, what would you say? I'd say, why are you adding a wild card at no. all? No, I'm telling you, this is. Let's say this is the way they're going to do it. We're going to have the wild card. We're going to have the play in, not wild card. We'll have the play in series, right? Uh, but the stats for these are not going to count towards playoffs. They're not counting towards regular I, season either. My answer is if you're having a play in series, they have to count towards playoffs. No, but I'm telling I'm telling you that I'm I'm giving you a scenario. There's no other solution though. I'm giving you a scenario. I'm saying. Yes, there is. Add a third stat no, category. That's not. a solution. It is a No, li- that is not a solution. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not a possible solution. I'm saying it's a ridiculous solution. But it's a possible solution. They would never us. They would never do that ever in a million years. I'm telling you that will not happen. Do you know what they do in baseball? They have stats for the wild card games for most, you know, highest batting average in a, in a wild card uh, playoff. Uh, they they have all the baseball those are all separate also stats. Has they have stats for each round? The NHL does not do that. The NHL has regular season playoffs. The MLB has regular season. Wild card, divisional series, championship. Like they they structure them out. The NHL has never officially done that. It's always when you see like this player had the most points in the first round. It's some obligatory blog post from the hockeywriters.com. Like it's not anything sanctioned by the NHL. You still haven't answered my question though. I said if the NHL says that they're going to use the play-in system starting in five years or whatever, but the stats for the play-in series will not count towards playoffs. What would you say? I don't have a solution because that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why not? 
It's a play-in round, so that makes it a playoff game. No, a play-in round literally makes it not a playoff round. It's it's play-in. So what does it make it then? A regular season? It's a play-in. It's a different category. No it's a brand new category. Has a third category. The NCAA like NCAA basketball does this. They have playing. I don't pay attention games. to that. So well, I'm, I'm telling you, they have it, <laughs> and baseball has it now too. So, baseball, they just break their playoffs divisionally up. Like no, no, they have they have a wild card playoff. They had a three, Cardinals played in three game playoff series last season. I think that's ridiculous. Well, I'm just I telling you, there's <laughs> no way. But okay, I'm just so, telling you. You're, you're saying you're saying that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But you're saying, you, but I'm telling you that's how things happen. And I'm, that's I'm not asking how it's you. Going to happen and I'm asking NHL. you if the NHL says we're going to do this, but we don't want stats in the in the in the play-in to count towards playoffs. You think it's ridiculous to have just a play-in round stat category? Yes. Why? Why the fuck would you have that? That's not that an answer. Makes that's no not, sense to me. It's a separate category. Then it's not playoffs. It's not regular season. It's a new category. You should have there's stats for that category. Regular season and there's playoffs. What? There's nothing else. According to who? Why are you capping it at two? According to, to who? all of time and history. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, there were only six <laughs> teams in the NHL too for a while for all in time and history, and they and they doubled it, and they doubled the amount of playoff rounds too. I, I don't know what you're wanting me to say because I don't have a solution for it. I gave you a solution, and you said it was ridiculous. But I'm saying I don't it's, have an answer for it because I don't think it should happen. So either, I think it's very silly to create this. Either either you, you add the stats to the playoff stats, which is dumb because if you're not calling That is them, my answer. If you're not to add them to the playoff stats? That's the only solution. But if you're not you calling, but if you're not, no, it's not. I just gave you an. I just gave you a solution. You're saying there's no other solution. That's not a proper solution. If the play-in round is not considered playoffs, you can't have the stats for the play-in round count but towards playoff stats. That's that's where we are differing here. Is that if you're making a play-in round, that makes it playoffs to me. But so. I'm, you are going to have to add all play-in stats to the playoffs. And if that's the if they word it that way and they say that, it's fine. But I'm telling, but I'm saying that based on what Gary Bettman said, a 16 playoff team format is perfect. He doesn't want to mess with it. So you're going to call the play-in round. You're going to determine who makes gets those final two spots, and then you're going to have your playoffs. Play-in regular season, play-in rounds, playoffs. Other sports are going just, to this. That's what they're doing. I don't like it. I think it's stupid. I don't like it in the NBA. I think it's completely silly. NBA, NCAA, baseball. You have your top teams. I hate it in baseball. I actually hated the wild card series this year. In baseball, Cardinals lost. That didn't help. In baseball, they used to have the division winners play each other and then go to the World Series. You know, I mean, it it was was much shorter playoffs, but they've expanded the league. They expanded more teams in the playoffs. They have more rounds. I'm just saying, I think the way it is now is working just fine. I don't see, again, what Bettman said. You're trying to fix a problem that that isn't there. Like, it's not broken. I'm 100% with them on that. I I don't think it's broken. I I just, I I think if it's proposed, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. I'd like to see how that worked worked out. I I wouldn't mind seeing that to see the uh, the play-in series. That'd be kind of cool. Now it would suck for the seventh place team to lose to the tenth seed um, in a three game series. And that will happen. But they would have, but they'd have all three games in their home building. So I mean, if you can't beat a tenth seed, if you're the seventh seed uh, in your building twice, uh, you know, 
I don't know. Do you, do you deserve to go on? I mean, probably not. So at I, the end of the day, and 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 that's also my problem with it is in a seven game series, the best team will always win. Always. In a three game series, I don't know if that's really the case. Well, three game series. Uh, if it was a, if the Blues, if the Blues and Hawks and the Blues and Kings had three game series uh, back in the day, the Blues won the first two, and that was it, done. And they lost yep. the next four. That's true. But then again, you know, I mean, if you're playing in a three game series and you're down a game, it's do or die in the second. It's not do or die in a seven game series. So there's different attitude too. Austin Lynch says, I'm back, boys. Had to step out. Austin, you just missed probably the best part of the show. <laughs> Kurt and I just went at it. <laughs> Only because Jeff doesn't understand what's going on. Oh, no, no, no. It's because Mr. Price doesn't understand what's going on. No, I, a very simple question he has yet to answer. So, Because it, it's not a real question. It is a real question. It's, it's, it's a, it is a very it, real possibility it's going to happen. You're, you're asking me to exclude <laughs> the only solution to your problem. There is not you excluding the uh excluding four, what's the answer to two plus two is but what you're asking me. You said there's only one solution, and I you had one solution, and you're saying yours is the only one. When I proposed the your solution question, your question was if if they said that the play in round, the playoff or did not include in playoff stats, what do you do? My answer is you can't have a play in round without including them in playoffs. But you're, you're changing the question. My question, my question is, if Bettman determines that the play-in round is not playoffs and the playoff stats and the play-in stats don't count towards playoffs, then, what, then how do you categorize those play-in but, stats? But that is, that's not changing the question because Bettman can't determine that. If that is does, my question. lost his fucking mind. That is my question, though, and you're changing the question. But no. He can't determine that because a playing round is playoffs. <laughs> he can determine that. We are He's never going to agree. He can on determine this. that. He's the commissioner. So what's your solution then? I your said, solution is having the third play in round stats. You have your regular season stats, you have your play in stats, and you have your what and your and your playoff stats. I don't know why you think that's ridiculous. It's 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 a different category. Completely asinine. It's a different category. It's not asinine Who because cares about you can't stats? you can't roll. You even said yourself you can't roll them into playoff stats because teams get more games than other teams. It doesn't. It's not. It's not. It's weird. You can't do you that. Can't roll them into regular season. I didn't either. I'm not and saying that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm I saying, know. That's why it has and to have I'm its own separate you, category. Why would you have your own category for that? You're I just explained to you why. So. It 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 doesn't it's because so you can't have it outlandish. Because you're gonna have no. Because you could have you could have a goalie have two more victories and have uh, what uh, eighteen wins right and set new records. You could have guys with have extra games and set and so you're gonna have like goal totals that are like skewed because one person had the opportunity to play in more games than somebody else. So uh, records and things are kind of off in playoff stats. You have to have asterisks so, and stuff. So, okay, so let's just, uh, you know, oh, okay. Uh, hey, Marcy, who just started watching hockey, uh, let me show you some stats leaders here. Okay, let's look at this. Regular season playoffs and play-in round. Mm-hmm. What What the hell? Let, let's try and make hockey more confusing every, and, and harder to learn every sport for does this. the average fan. Every, let's just do that. Every sport does this. They 
Does the is the NBA going to have a separate play I don't in know. round? I don't follow the NBA. I, I don't know what stats they. One thousand percent, they are not going to. I I don't a separate. What'd you say? A separate a play in round? Or but they're going to have. A, I'm saying a play in round stats. Oh, I don't know. I I guarantee you, I'm not those saying, stats from the play in round I'm, are going to go playoff stats and and that's, that's going to happen and so someone who has like the most playoff goals might play in three extra playoff games that somebody else may never play him exactly and that's messed up so you can't roll them into playoff stats you can't but do that that's what they're going to do that's the i'm only not solution. telling that's not the only solution you keep saying that they, you could easily you, they could say we're gonna have a separate uh play-in stat category and that's what it would be that is a solution you can't you you say this you say that rolling them into playoff stats is the only solution that's not true they could do it this way will they i don't know probably not maybe not no but they could it's a solution it is a solution that's what but it's a bad solution no it isn't it's a fair (laughs) it's the it's a fair solution is what it is it's fair because rolling the play rolling play-in stats into a playoff stat category is not fair It's, it's 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 skewed you you and and All you right. can't put them in regular season because it's extra games. You got to have their own category now. Whether they will, I don't know, but they should. Just like they we argued, at, just like we argued in the bubble that those stats shouldn't count towards playoffs. Yes, I agree with right. that. Kurt, this show will never end if this continues. <sighs> <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> agree to disagree here. Uh, Alice Ovechkin uh, gets his eight uh, hundredth goal. And joins Gretzky Howe. Gretzky and Howe is the only two uh, players to score 800 goals. Uh, Howe finished with 801, but he played forever. Um, yeah. Gretzky scored 894, which if he plays one more season, he gets 900. God damn it. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's fun. So he's going to have uh, – he's got 94 uh, goals to go, which I think will probably take him uh, – play three more seasons. He might get it. Yeah. You, yeah. So you, you just mentioned Gretzky, one more season, he gets 900. You think at that point he cared? No. He was so far ahead of everyone else. He was just like, what's 900 goals to me? Like, that means nothing. Yeah, and it's almost like, I mean, anytime you see Gretzky in an interview, it's almost like he has this ambivalence about him. I don't know what it is about Gretzky and interview. I mean, now, now on the TNT panel – He's good, but during interviews and things, man, I don't know. Gretzky is a very intimidating guy in a sense where uh, he seems like he's always a little annoyed at at being interviewed. He's got that 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 that, that tone or that look on his face where he's just like, "Yeah, I'd rather not be here." A little bit, and it's just like, "Well, I yeah. don't want to piss this guy off because he's the greatest hockey player ever. I don't want to piss him off." And it's always it's it's always had that 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 aura to me like he doesn't want to be doing what he's doing uh outside of hockey i don't know that's kind of weird to me but uh but yeah so i i but yeah so as far as his records go um i kind of think that kind of falls in the same category it's like yeah i got so many records i don't give a fuck i don't care right yeah i'm i'm already the goal leader and and at that point i think it was no one is ever going to fucking catch me like what's six more goals like 894 is pretty damn impressive I'm a, I'm an elite company. Only Gordy has scored 800 goals in their career. So like, who cares? I, I and and so, oh god. I was say I think the only thing stopping uh, Ovechkin from catching Gretzky is injury. 
because uh, yeah. he is going to play until he breaks it. I think he'll play five more seasons if he until he breaks oh, it. Oh yeah, he's not going to stop playing. Well, he'll, and his Yager. Did you did you see that stat about like how many uh, games it took him to get from zero to one hundred, one hundred to two hundred, two hundred to three hundred? His he, pace is not far off from right, when he was young, right. and he like, really he really increased his it's pace. Ridiculous. He increased his pace uh, mid career. Uh, yeah, like and big time. So, yeah, yeah. He, he, it's it's very impressive. Yeah. And uh, Patrick Kane almost died so he could score his uh, yeah, yeah, his eight hundred goal. Oh, <laughs> he came flying out of nowhere and tripped over. Well, he, uh, he got he got tripped by Jack Johnson. Yeah, he got tripped by the yeah, and oh my god! I did, and the camera, the angles I saw didn't show him actually hitting the boards. I'm I wasn't sure how he went in. But oh my god! I thought, oh my god! Oh, oh my there's god. there's an angle from the I guess the far side camera where you can see him, and he, I mean, he went in hard, like head first, and I mean, he got up and skated away just fine. But <laughs> holy shit, that was I don't like Patrick Kane, but I was like, oh my god, Patrick Kane just died. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's gonna get traded, right? He has to get traded. Has to. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. And we talked about we did we do we ever bet about Tay's getting traded? You said no one wants him. But um, we, we, I said, I said he he's having a pretty good year. I might need to walk that back. No, you can't walk it back now. You got to stand firm. All right, fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants him. <laughs> um, fuck Captain bitch. <laughs> uh, but they should both be traded, right? I mean, they're they have no they future should. in Chicago at this point. Um, you, I would think at this point that um, Seth Jones would want to get traded too, but nobody's taking that contract. <laughs> yeah, what? A, what? He he went there at the wrong time. Oh yeah, Oof, God. Maybe he loves Chicago though. Maybe it's like I don't know. Well, I I, I can see loving there. Chicago and just wanting to play there. I would too. But no, I, I I think he went there because they you know they went and got Flurry. They still had Kane and Taves, and you know Debrinket was still there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that other Oof. that other kid that they traded, um, Kirby Doc, right? But um, I think he went there thinking they're on the upswing. Uh, and that quickly changed <laughs> last season. You know when uh, I think it all started to go downhill for Chicago when they traded away Panarin, like early, yeah, like I he agree. had two years left on his contract, and they traded him away because they, they didn't want to pay him when his contract was up, and they traded him away early. And I was like, "Wow, really?" Because do you remember who they got for him? No. Who they get? You're gonna laugh, Brandon Saad. Oh, that's right. They got him. They got him back. That's right. That's right. To play with Taze. That's right. Yeah. And it didn't work out too well. Um, no. Yeah. Not at and, all. Panarin to me was one of the most dynamic guys in the league, and him and Kane scared the fuck out of me um, yep. on the power play. Um, they had a huge weapon there, and they just dismantled it. And I early, early, they had to. I don't know. And and ever yeah. since then, I did they ended up in the same. I agree. Well, anyway, congrats to Alex Ovechkin. Yes, um, can't wait to watch him break the record. And and I think we like, unlike we talked about with Gretzky, I think once he breaks that record and gets eight ninety five, he wants five more. Get to nine hundred. Oh I think yeah, that's a much different scenario. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you hear Gretzky is uh, planning on traveling with him when he gets close. He's going to travel. Good. He's going to travel with the team and. Uh, and uh, and be there for when he does break the record. So I mean, he's probably got a couple years yet plus, but um, it'll be interesting to see when he 
starts traveling. Probably when he's like four or five goals away, I guess. Something like that. Oh, I'm sure when he's at like eight, Six, 88, 889, like, you know, yeah. start traveling with the team and, you know, hey, hey, Janet, I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you might not see me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Uh, so we'll hopefully we're still doing the Let's Go Blues Radio uh, podcast in uh, two and a half, three years when that happens. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, we will be. And if not, uh, we'll be passing off the mantle to somebody else. To yeah, it, right. right. We'll, we'll sell the show to somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and uh, in closing, uh, we can uh, answer Austin's question, I guess. What should I door dash? White Castle. Oh, yes. White Castle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Always the right call. That is. Yeah. I was going to like, what can we say? And you're like, White Castle. Went, Nailed it. Done. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That that's is the, the perfect answer. answer. <laughs> um, we because we talked about White Castle and emos, I guess, a few weeks ago. Yep. You haven't had White Castle in a hot minute. I mean, well, I take that back. I had it the night of the Ponder Cup, but okay. man, before that, it'd been like over a year. I love White Castle. Yep. Um, we done. We're done. Wrap it up. Yes. Uh, except uh, one more thing, Kurt, mm. and this is something you'll agree with. Uh, if you're available Friday, oh, yeah. uh, right. make sure you come out. Like we talked about at the top of the show, Car, uh, Ballpark Village. Do we have a time that starts? Six officially? o'clock. Starts at six, six o'clock. And uh, they will have the Blues game on when it starts at eight. So there'll be uh, lots of prizes, games, uh, giveaways, uh, entertainment. DJ Joe is going to uh, put on a show. Uh, the show of shows, he says. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um, and if you uh, want uh, to make a reservation, if there are still tables available, you can check. Uh, reservation, uh, you can call Cardinals Nation 314-345-9880 or use the Open Table app. Uh, there, last I heard, before the show started, there were literally a couple tables left. So uh, so if you wanted to get those, get those now. Uh, if there are no tables available, you, and it's free, too. It's just reservations, no tickets needed. Uh, if all the t- tables are taken, show up anyway. Uh, you can go to the bar. Uh, hang out at the bar. Uh, there's one or two bars that have seats around the bar, or you can just hang out, walk around, and uh, enjoy the party, the Christmas party. Be fun. It'll be a very good time. Yes, Looking we, forward to it. we will be there. Uh, Jeff and I are planning on being there. Um, if Bill gets over his uh, illness, he will be there. So uh, join us there. We'll, uh, we're having something to do with the show, with trivia, blues trivia or something. I'm not sure, but we're involved somehow. So. We're, yep. we're going to be told when well, we get there. <laughs> I think we'll have some blues giveaways, too. Yes. So, right. um, yeah, I, I've got some stuff in the works. Kurt will talk after the show, but yep. i got some things in the works uh, that we'll be giving away as well. So uh will be a fun time. Hope to see you. Again, if you're not coming out for Let's Go Blues Radio, just come out, celebrate the holiday with us, and, and have a good time. It's a Christmas party. Come on out. Enjoy the entertainment. Uh, it's free to get in, and there are drink specials and stuff. So enjoy that. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidealife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidealife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidealife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer store for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery beer. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up Episode 12 of Season 11 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. 
Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. As we uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone. Let's go, Blues. I feel it's worth mentioning this. Uh, Austin just texted me a screenshot of his phone. White Castle has confirmed your order from DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Very nice, Austin. Love it. Uh, everyone, hope to see you on Friday. <laughs> if not, hopefully by the next time we talk to you next week, the Blues get a couple wins. Let's go, Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.